second. Yeah, 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 I'm coming. Hold on. Ron? What are you doing here? There's something I need to tell you. Are we alone? Quick, grab anything you can. We gotta go. Is there a back door? They're coming. They're coming. Oh god, they're here. Go. Damn this wicked planet. Welcome to the Wicked Planet Podcast, episode 48. We are coming at you once again from the haunted garage in an undisclosed location, somewhere off in the misty mountains of an unknown area to anybody out there, besides us, per usual. Tonight, in studio, we are joined once again, you know him as Anonymous Sean, others as the deranged conspiracy doctor. But... Before we get to all that, you know him as Ron from New England. Others know him as the grace of God. Some, the supreme leader. But his friends and family know him best as the bear from P-Town. <laughs> Ron, what's going on? Wouldn't I have to be a gay bear if I was from P-Town? <laughs> exactly. I'm like just totally waiting for my salmon to come in. <laughs> That's why I said it. And then I'm going to eat the salmon, uh, and then I'm going to go and have a drink at my favorite bar at P-Town. You can't forget about all the leather mm. and hair. Oh, yeah. Because that's what bears are known for. Oh, no. Well, when I go to P-Town, I'm going to dress like Rob Halford from Judas Priest. Yeah, you should. I like his... Uh, his uh, Nazi officer hat. I like that the best. <laughs> you can walk around as a hairy bear Nazi. Yeah, so so uh, we're going to give some shout outs at the end of the show because Buckley called me the Supreme Leader. Oh, uh, yeah. Because <laughs> somebody <laughs> called me the Supreme Leader in an email. Our Supreme uh, we had a lot Leader. Of good e- yeah, we had a lot of good email interaction this week, so that's cool. We're going to go over that towards the end of the show when the uh, shout out segment of the show. Sounds good. Yeah, so, uh, so what's going on? What's new? Well, what's new with me? I mean, I know we talk about him a lot, but Joe Rogan, he's a racist. Did you know that? Oh, my God. He is a racist. You know, the fact that he came on and did that little video apologizing, he should have never apologized. It irritated me a little bit. It irritated me, too. He should have never apologized for that. He did nothing wrong. I mean, he did nothing different than they did on In Living Color, Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor. Eddie Murphy. And hundreds of comedians before him. Yes. Then that's what people forget. And rappers. Just listen to rap music. That's what people forget. Yeah. You know, he's a comedian. So when he... There was a joke he made about Planet of the Apes. 
go watch. I'm not going to go into it. But like, it was a joke. He did it for entertainment. He did it for laughs. He's a comedian. They make jokes. Sometimes jokes are racist. Sometimes black people tell racist jokes. Sometimes they're against uh, about white people. Black you know I mean? people beat up on black people. Black people tell jokes about black people. I always said that about the show In Living Color. I was like amazed. I'm like, oh my god, they are beating up on themselves. I just this whole racist racist thing is just blown way out of proportion. Right. Uh, political correctness, wokeness, or whatever you want to call it, is killing comedy well we it really is because you get the woke mob and you know this whole thing with rogan is just a hit job and well, it's that's a, what i was and gonna it, say and it's a sad hit job well, at that we know a cult- cultural marxism as anonymous shauna said before you know drives wedges in in people and one of the way they do that is through racism but another way that they control people that they can't really control is they call them racist or they call them anti-semitic or they call or they they Hashtag me to them are they're uh, a mm-hmm. misogynist, you know, yeah. uh, terrible sexually assaulted somebody. So it's it's something we've seen before. Um, and, you know, obviously the N word's bad. We know this. Um, and he wasn't saying it to anybody besides in the context of uh, people using the word, right. basically. Right. That was the context. Um, you know, the whole thing, it just goes to prove. Now, listen. Uh, I'm a fan of Joe Rogan. I don't listen to all his shows. He's got a lot of shows I have like zero interest in listening to. But he does a show basically every day, right? But I do like all the shows that he's being called on the carpet for. And these are shows that, that promote the truth. And we know, everybody, well, probably you know, most of our audience knows that uh, the powers that be do not like the truth. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a little bit of something uh, that's on this uh series that we've been working on with anonymous sean so okay. so it's all going to go back to the whole power structure uh of the world the global tentacles i like mm-hmm. to call it and uh and stuff like that but uh but we're going to give that to you in a little bit because I, I just wanted to uh touch on rogan just a little bit more yeah did you see where rumble offered joe rogan a hundred million, million dollars, dollars yeah for four years. No strings attached. No strings attached, no censorship, no nothing. A year or over four years. Like a hundred million total over four years. Twenty five million a year. Wow. That's crazy. But but I mean, <laughs> isn't Spotify paying him more than that anyways? He's probably I, I know he got a hundred mil to go there. I don't know what the details of the contract are. It could have been over a length of time. It could have been up front. We don't know. Um, he might even be contractually obligated to stay there for a length of yes. time. Yeah, I was gonna, so we don't know yeah, that. But I was going to say that. The thing about the N-word, too, is like, uh, we know it's bad. I already said that. Um, I don't think there should be any other, you know, like we shouldn't stricken it from the English language. We shouldn't, you know, make it illegal to say um, because you know once you know one, once they take one thing right once you start down they already that have road. they've well, headed yeah, down yeah. the road once it's they a take slope one, if they take that word then right. they're gonna start taking other words remember Ron um, Richard Pryor and Eddie Murphy from the eighties growing up and oh, all yeah. their comedy I mean come on <laughs> right oh yeah no Rich- one was but both sides offended each other it was funny right yeah Richard yeah. Pryor to me was the king of comedy yeah no right. question yeah he was my absolute favorite uh, him growing up when it comes you know for his style of comedy 
and uh, because he would he would uh, tell like like a lot of his bits were based on things that he experienced uh, because he grew up in a really r- kind of rough lifestyle mm-hmm. uh, around bars and gangsters and things like that. So uh, the other the other side, my other favorite was George Carlin. George Carlin, he talks so much truth for man. You want to talk stuff. about you want to talk about <laughs> the first person to talk truth? Yeah, it was him. If he was alive today. Well, he's probably rolling over and whatever. If he's in a box or a coffin or wherever he is, he's got to be saying, oh, my God, I called this like 15, 20 years ago. Right. But when it came to anything political, George Carlin was your man because he could turn reality like what was really happening in the world into comedy. And he was right the whole time. And he was a genius. Robin Williams also. Yeah. You know, but uh, but I thought that was interesting that Rumblehead offered him that I doubt very seriously that Joe Rogan's going to jump from Spotify. If nothing else, this should be a message to Spotify saying, listen, if you don't want him, if you don't want him, we'll somebody else him. will, but Spotify saying, so they, who's pulling his, some of his previous shows, someone's pulling. Well, that's Spotify. Well, that's Spotify. So that's going to affect him in the pocketbook. He gets paid on residual, right? Well, As they, well they're probably, no, I don't pulling, know. I don't know the terms of his contract right yeah. now. They're probably pulling stuff that will like, that has this content in it or similar content. Do you know what I mean? Well, just they, to pull, probably play it on the safe side. Well, they pulled his interviews with Alex Jones, right? Which is kind of upsetting. I know, I know that for a fact, and yeah, I don't. Know I, che- I went and looked. What they say, like seventy episodes they pulled. It was forty in. Now that's seventy, I don't know yeah, if that's an that's additional. I, I thought it was. No, I thought it was seventy. Total. I don't know if that's yeah. an additional seventy or collective yeah. seventy from um, the initial forty that were already pulled. Uh, it might be seventy total. Okay. Uh, I saw a post where somebody said there's actually a website that tracks all this stuff, and that's they said the number was seventy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't think Spotify is going to let Joe Rogan go anywhere. To be honest, probably with you. not. He's generating so much money for them. Probably. Even little ragtag shows like us generate money for Spotify. That's true. Yeah. We're just a part of the system. Another, another Joe that was in the news. I don't know if you saw this, Joe Biden. Oh my God! <laughs> Just uh, we you hear about the crack pipes. Yeah, of course I did. <laughs> oh yeah, it's racist not to provide him to the it, racial uh, equality. Right. Well, there, racial. Be well, it said. Let's call it what it said. Equity. Racial equity. Oh, Sorry, that's an interesting word to use. My bad. How does that even fit into this? They're going to be putting crack pipes in like the. Um, you know how they do like the needle exchange mm. program where they give out. Uh, clean needles to people that use heroin it's essentially going to be in those kind of kits uh for people that abuse drugs it's the they're going to include crack pipes clean crack pipes but the thing is like you know people are saying the the i guess one of the arguments is like well they need if they're going to do drugs they're going to do drugs anyway wasn't that so argument with why, the clean needles yeah why time? don't we provide them the clean you know equipment to do it so that way it's safer all around but if say let's say a bunch of homeless people are addicted to drugs or do drugs which we know they do it's something common that goes on so if they go to one of these uh programs with these uh, clean um, materials that are given out, crack pipes, syringe needles, they're going to use them again and overuse them and keep using them, probably until they can't be used anymore. So it's not necessarily reducing the, the cleanliness of these objects. Okay, so here's the premise of it. They want to provide crack pipes 
to people that traditionally would use intravenous, right? Like would use needles. Their thought is that it's going to be cleaner for them. And and it would be, right? It would be. (laughs) But wouldn't you spread some type of airborne or COVID or whatever by sharing crack pipes? My My deal is this. This free crack pipe deal that they want to do is part of a $30 million fund that they're putting together and they're saying is for racial equity. I don't understand where the racial equity comes in. How is that? Are you saying it's because more black people smoke crack? <laughs> Racist. And they Ron. want they want more white people to smoke crack. Cancel I mean, Ron, everyone. Cancel him. No, it's not racist. It's a simple question. Yeah. <laughs> it all depends what people hear in the conversation and what, what? they hear is a trodden down community that needs help regardless. Well, it it's just oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. I, but you know, I was thinking here, Ron, um, with regards to this, the source of drugs and how it's produced globally, they don't want to lose their customer base either. They right. introduced crack into the poor neighborhoods well, the, on purpose. The crime bill. And you, you don't That's want them all to die off either. You well, got to have users. So here you have Joe Biden, the guy who introduced the crime bill, while which basically locks up, uh, you know, people of color that with small amounts of coke or, or sorry crack or put, pot or pot and puts yeah. them in jail for a very long time now you have them well a, as well as them pumping crack into poor communities and now you have the same guy who introduced this bill giving out crack pipes yeah <laughs> with taxpayer money hey there's just there's just something i want to say right now every say person it. every person in the united states that's incarcerated for any type of marijuana should be released tomorrow and i don't care if you got bagged shipping in 200 tons of it right marijuana should have never been illegal we're going to get into that because that's all part of the tentacles of global of the global control system so uh but but that's not what we're going to talk about tonight but i think everybody that's in jail on a marijuana charge big small i don't care let him go just let him out let them out. They have no place being in jail. You incarcerated them for smoking a freaking plant. I mean, it just it just makes no sense to me. But this whole thing with the crack pipes, I literally thought it was a meme. It was a joke. <laughs> and I started looking into it. It's part of an executive order. I Googled it and I'm like, oh my God, dude, this is legit. Did you see my stories on Ron from New England? Uh, oh, I made a nice story probably. about it. Yeah, I made about a nice... the crack pipes? Uh, yeah. Oh, I guess yeah. I might have missed it. Yeah. Sorry, Rob. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. It got a lot of attention. Uh, so then I took a screenshot of that and I posted it on Ron from New England and the Wicked Planet. Uh, right now, I just want to say, depending on how this program goes, we may be when we get in our merch going, we may be adding. Uh, Brought to you from the Wicked Planet, the Wicked Planet Pipe Company. Uh, so we're going to be selling little crack pipes that have our logo right. on it. Right. Yeah. I mean, hey, crack's fun. Why right? not get in on them, gu- them government contracts? Crack's always a good time. Oh, my God. You know, what else are you doing on a Wednesday night? Yeah. Crack. No? I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. Isn't that the same as like what they called freebasing? Is that what Richard Pryor used to do? Was free basing lit himself on crack? fire? <laughs> wasn't that crack? Isn't crack basically like smoke? It was tin foil or something, in a lighter or something. Well, crack them. is kind of like crystallized cocaine, right? Like yeah, crystal that's what meth. I yeah. uh, okay, so you know, so Who these knows? pipes. Okay, if you want to talk about equality, 
they should say that these pipes should be used for smoking meth as well. Yeah. The pipe itself is probably the, the least nothing. in this. It's the administrative costs and stuff, creating the agency and letting someone run it. And then, they, I mean, you're talking about another government entity they can throw money at. That's ultimately yeah. what it's not. Yeah, but pro- can you imagine the eyebrows raised in the companies that make crack pipes? <laughs> the U.S. is now producing crack pipes well, well, you, for your enjoyment. You're the oh, no, he's probably getting them. Well, hold on. He's probably getting them from China, just like he's getting the PCR test from China. He's getting the PPE from China. In all these in all these home COVID tests that he promised everybody that you can't get. Like right. you can't get them, right? Now on Wish, crack pipes. Th- those all <laughs> those all came from China. Everything is still coming. Down. Now listen. They have no problem in the supply chain getting that shit over here. Right, right, right. right. I haven't heard that drugs are having a hard time finding it their way to market, right? No. I mean, mean, hey, look, obviously drug issues are a big problem everywhere. You know, drug addiction, it's it's horrible. It ruins people's lives. People die. Oh, my God. And many more things. Um, I just don't know if this is the way to help with the problem at all, in my opinion. No, it's not. You know, why not put that 30, how much was it? 30 million. $30 million into some other type of program that possibly teaches people how to not do crack or how to, you know, change their mindset of addiction. Okay, so one of the biggest problems I have with this government money, and, and we see it big time in New Hampshire because we have a huge opiate problem here. Uh, of course, it, of course, once COVID hit, the opiate problem disappeared with the flu. They were off. <laughs> they, they were off, probably you know, doing whatever together. But creating uh, the like uh... the whole recovery system that the government allegedly gave millions of dollars to each state. Now I forget what the dollar amount was to the state of New Hampshire, but for some reason they got that money from the government. And they used it for other programs. They used a small portion of it for recovery. But, you know, if you know somebody, I went through this with my brother. If you have somebody that's an addict or whatever, and you're trying to get them into a recovery place, it's like waiting. And the wait list is humongous. And why didn't they take some of that money and build more of these homes? And, right. and look at these recovery homes and these recovery centers that they tried to get off the ground in Manchester, New Hampshire, and they were open for a few months until they ran out of funding. Yeah. Yeah, but they so don't, where did, yeah, but where did that money go? All this money that they find the Sacklers and Purdue Farmer and, and all these people that should have went into a fund to help the addicts in their recovery system, but it did not happen. It's just like let me let me tell you about something like like they have this uh, the super fund, the EPA super fund. Right. And because I have a salvage license through the state of New Hampshire, I am eligible to get free equipment every year. No, it's not big money equipment, but it's a couple like last I was a couple thousand dollars worth of equipment. And I use it in my business when I'm salvaging automobiles. And it's and it's great. And I asked the state, I said, Well, is this coming out of state taxpayer taxpayer money or whatever? And they're like, no, 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 it's coming out of the EPA Superfund. The money's there. The government just gives it to us. Well, how come they can't have that for drug recovery? They can. I'll give you another example. When when uh, we were younger, when they put the toll booths in New Hampshire on the highways, that was temporary. Damn uh, it became permanent. And then they they told the, the citizens that it was going to offset the tax uh, property taxes. 
and it just they diverted. It went to the general fund. They could no accountability for it, and they diverted it wherever they want. And that's that's their MO. Okay, this is do. one of the reasons why New Hampshire is such such a wealthy state. Now, when you talk about New England, you got Northern New England, which is Vermont, New Hampshire, and Maine. You have Southern New England. Real quick, which, can you watch the hands on the table? What are you talking about? You're shaking the table, all, both of you guys. So what is that hurting? It's causing noise in the recording. I think you're imagining that. No, I'm hearing it in the headphones. Well, you, that's why Sean and I don't wear headphones. Well, you're going to hear it on the recording. I'm okay, so... You know. All right, so getting back to what I said, now you fucked up my train of thought. <laughs> so so New, uh, so in Southern New Hampshire, you have Massachusetts, Rhode Island, and Connecticut, right? Connecticut's a wealthy... Well, the, all three of them states are wealthy. Rhode Island is a wealthy state because it's the crookedest little state in the union. That's where all the big mafia families come out of. That's, that's Banking headquarters are in uh, Yeah, Rhode Island is the seat of mafia power in yep. New England. Rhode I- Providence, Rhode Island. Is, is. I know that for a 100% fact. fact. <laughs> okay, so now New Hampshire is wealthy... Because our toll system, I mean, have you ever gone, okay, I was coming back, I was coming north on Interstate 93 last weekend, and I, on a Sunday evening, Mm -hmm. four or five o'clock, and it is three to four lanes going south, all you can see for as far as you can see is headlights, bumper to bumper traffic at a buck a whack. Mm-hmm. How much money, like, I'd like to know these numbers. How much money do you think the state of New Hampshire takes in on a monthly basis at the tolls? Hundreds and it's not just one toll. No, there was three. That, well, it's one, down to two. Two now, yeah. On 93. Yeah. But then you have all the tolls on 95. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's insane. And here's the problem with this state. They get all this money. This state makes a shitload of money. Not only that, but we have the fourth property tax. We have the fourth highest property tax in the country. Country, it's crazy. Which is a huge problem. I spend literally tens of thousands of dollars every year on property tax. Yep. Right. Well, like it is insane. Right. But the and the same thing when they brought in the lottery, Sean. When we were kids, remember when they brought the lottery in? Mm-hmm. They brought the lottery in. What was that supposed oh, to be Oh, the for? lottery. I'm confusing it. That was one that was offset the property taxes. No, no, no. Was it told? No. I, I was... The lottery was brought in to fund education, which I guess partially you're right. <laughs> because education yeah. is where right, 65% or of our... 65% right. of our property tax dollar in New Hampshire goes to pay for school. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so the lottery was supposed to offset that. Yep. Mm, no, Mm-mm. not happening. No. Not happening. And not only that, when you see the cars come down Interstate 93, those big service centers we have on each side of the road, what's the number one attraction there? Liquor store. The liquor store. <laughs> New Hampshire liquor outlets. Right on the highways. Yeah. yeah Owned well, like, by the state because the state regulates the liquor here. They state sell of it. New Hampshire monopolizes the hard liquor and they make a cut on the beer and the wine. Yeah. Beer and wine you can buy in a regular store, grocery store, local store, whatever. We don't have packies here. No. Packies, that's a Massachusetts thing. Mm-hmm. New Hampshire, you can go to a regular store and, and just buy your beer, buy your wine, buy your No hard whatever, liquor, though. Your White Claws or in whatever. In Maine, you can buy liquor in the grocery store. In mm-hmm. Maine, you can go to Hannaford's or Shaw's and buy hard liquor, yes. Uh, but the state of New Hampshire... Takes in just under one billion with a B, one billion dollars in liquor sales. 
The profit on that is just under a half a billion. That's crazy. So they take in 450 to 470 million dollars in profit from the sale of alcohol and they monopolize it. When you own a bar, you got to buy from the I state. And we, and it's a frigamarode too when you own a bar because that's a whole other thing. Like you just can't send somebody to the liquor store and buy liquor. If you're selling it in a bar, that's some weird law that they got going on. And that's why the liquor stores stayed open during the lockdowns. The liquor stores will always be open. COVID you was pretty never, smart, though. ever, ever <laughs> see a liquor store shut down. I don't care if a freaking hurricane comes through. So, like, liquor store is going to be open. Cost of living down south is much cheaper. And I've heard this comparison before of, of people that have lived in New Hampshire and then moved down south. It's like mind blowing how even just like the cost. It's in the of, hundreds of dollars rather than the thousands. Right. It, yep. Even just like the tax. cost of like fuel or, yep. or anything like that. Or cost of living, rent, uh, electricity. It's so much cheaper. So I don't know why. Like, why do you think that is? I just think that. Oh, the corruption level in New Hampshire? Um, you think that's I can the speak reason to why? That. I absolutely know that. It's a very tight knit state with old money and. Families that uh, it's the number one vacation, oldest vacation resort in the country. They come in from around the world. Leaders, world leaders come here. Hollywood's elite have homes here around the. And this the is lake. the home. This is the home of Bretton Woods. Bretton Woods, where they set up American monetary American system. monetary right after World War II. Yeah, they came here when they were putting together the JFK. Um, the uh, report together there. So this Warren is like Commission. So New the Hampshire Commission report. Is like a hotbed for this shit, this global elite shit. New Hampshire is an important state. It's tied in. It's linked in. New Hampshire is a juiced-in state for sure. Okay, we're the first-in-the-nation primary. Yeah, think about that. This is where all your politics come out. If you don't win in New Hampshire, you're dropping out. Hey, remember when Harris dropped out just before they even voted in the primary because her numbers were so low? Mm. I mean, that should have been an indication to everybody that she needed to go away. Tulsi Gabbard did really good in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. She should have got that. She should have got that job. So back when Bill ran for president, he uh, he started off his campaign um, over there in uh, where was it in Bedford, hooks it at that little little tiny store down off uh, next to the river. But New Hampshire was where his oh you point mean was. no you mean Roby's General Store that's Roby's in, that's down in uh, Suncook Suncook yeah. oh it's not Suncook what is it it's hooks it. Hooks it. No, yeah. you're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Hooks it. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's like you said, the Bretton Woods agreement, you talk first in the nation status. Just think about those very powerful status positions. There's a lot of power that comes with that. There's a lot of weird stuff that goes on in this state. We're not going right. to talk about it. Uh, Sean and I are kind of privy to a lot of information of some I, real. I'm a little bit. Catchy stuff that goes on or yeah, you, had gone on in the past in New Hampshire. You've told uh, me about we're gonna, a We're going to do it. a separate show on that. Yeah, you told me a little bit about it, and it's kind of shocking. It's well, actually, it's actually, it. there's some stuff that goes on in New Hampshire that I, we believe can't it or talk not, about. as ballsy as I am, no, we can't. would yeah. not even talk about on this show. Yeah. yeah. And, and actually, stuff that Sean and I know that we will not even talk to Buckley about. Correct. And that's 100% honest. Yep. That's the truth. And you're better off not to know, Buckley. And he's better off not to know, yeah. (laughs) I want to know, though. Tell me the secrets. You may know when we can go into a room and all of our phones are in Faraday uh, pouches so nobody can listen in. And you're sworn to secrecy as we tied to a chair because (laughs) we have to trade blood. (laughs) Um, Stop short. In all all seriousness, 
there is some super, super elitist, sketchy shit that goes on in the state of New Hampshire. Yeah. And this is why the state of New Hampshire is so wealthy. Well, you mostly, we just mentioned, you mostly, your Hollywood elite are here in the summer. They own homes. I've done work around the lakes where when you work there, you have, you can't divulge whose home you're in, who lives in the neighborhood. And they're the world leaders to Hollywood elite. And they're here all summer long. That's crazy. So, did I mention, did I ever talk about the colony that's on Lake Winnipesaukee? No. Okay, it's, it's a big housing development. I thought I talked about it on a show once before. No, I don't think so. I won't say the name of it, but it's something something colony. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, it's where all the gangsters live. That's where all the gangsters, the big gangsters, that's where all their... Uh, Ron, you've said too much. That's where all their uh, summer homes are. <laughs> you've said too much. Uh, and I, had to, I was there on assignment uh, to look at something. <laughs> And I actually had to go through two layers of security to get into where I had to Jesus. go. Ron, I think you and Sean should like make this thing for the future. So when you guys die, I'll like have a map. <laughs> no, we're bringing you I with can, us. You're coming down with I us. I can like, find it later in life and then discover it and be like, oh, the secrets, the holy grail. Sean. Remember the first time a few months back where we sat Buckley down and we started just kind of rapping a little bit about New Hampshire stuff? The glazed eye and thing. That glazed eye, deer in the headlight look. What? And the what? Yeah, yeah. He's not shocked anymore, but uh, yeah. he's I've still slowly integrating me in, I feel like, pulling me into stuff that I had no idea about. Well, it, it, well there's reasons why we know this stuff. There's reasons why. And well, they, yeah. that's what allowed the the research to, to come about so naturally and, and look to connect dots and if this exists why and who and and that's been the premise for about 20 years now. i mean Gislaine was found in bradford yeah it, we, you know we, just, that's we enough, won't get that's into enough it on that we, we won't get into it. it yeah but sean and i called that did you because because we uh, as we said makes sense that it was in Bradford because in the news they kept saying Bedford, Bedford. Right, right. And they're showing me the pictures and I said, that is not Bedford. That's freaking Bradford. Yeah. Which could have been just a simple mistake. Okay, we're going to cut that conversation off. But there was a reason why there (laughs) was a reason reason why she was in Bradford. Okay. Well, so what's the true reason we're here tonight? Okay, so uh, I think we're done with uh, current events a little bit. I just wanted to touch on a few things. I think there was something else, but I can't remember. Uh, working on getting my voice back it's a little bit better. No. Uh, doing a little bit better. Uh, we've been very excited about this series that we're doing with Anonymous Sean. <clears throat> Last week, we touched a little bit on the Club of Rome, only giving you a little bit of tidbit and how it fits in with the global tentacles. And... Uh, and tonight we're going to be talking about another subject that, that is all part of it. And these subjects that we're going to go on, we're going to touch on uh, things at, that are current that people are probably a little familiar with. Maybe you're not as familiar with them as we are or whatever. Now, now these are just our perspectives. We're not saying that these are absolutely true. We're not saying that we're absolutely 100% correct because all this stuff has been so convoluted over the years. It's by design made to be confusing and made to send you down one rabbit hole, but they want you to go down this way. They don't want you to go. They want you to zig when you should be zagging. So, but we're going to, we're going to give you a little bit and, and then hopefully at the end of the series, when I, which I actually have no idea where the end's going to be. Like, like this is a rabbit, <laughs> tra- this is a rabbit <laughs> troll into the uh, rabbit trail leading into the labyrinth where we do not know where we're going to come out on the other side, but no. we're going to do our best to explain it to you. Hopefully you get a little enjoyment out of it. 
Hopefully it opens up your eyes and entices you to maybe go and do a little bit of research, maybe do some reading. Yep. Uh, we suggest doing some searching online. Uh, Sean and I have talked. We haven't talked to Buckley about this yet, but uh, we're going to adapt the Brave browser in the Brave search engine. We are right. no longer going to be using Google, DuckDuckGo, or Mozilla. We're not going to use those because go listen to the Joe Rogan episode with Dr. Epstein. You'll understand why we're saying that. Yeah. All this shit all goes through Google. I always thought DuckDuckGo was its own thing. It's not a search engine. They call it an aggregator. And they actually go through Google uh, to get their information and also to see if your website is on a blacklist. So if your website is on a blacklist, your website talks about these types of subjects that we're going to be talking about. You are not going to find it even on DuckDuckGo. And I am a fan of DuckDuckGo. Forget about Mozilla. Forget about Google. Okay. Go look at Brave. Check it out. We just bought a new computer for the studio. I haven't even set it up yet. It will not even have Google or DuckDuckGo on it. We're going strictly to Brave. And I believe we're talking, we're going to be going, I could do a little bit more research, but I think we're going to be going to Proton Email uh, within the next month too. Nice. Uh, and when we do switch that over, uh, we're going to, uh, it's totally encrypted email. Uh, we're going to make sure everybody has a heads up on that because we're getting a lot of email interaction now, which I'm very excited about. So thank you. So um, a couple uh, days ago, just to Ronnie's point here, um, a topic had been uh, decided upon and, and Ronnie's like, hey, you want to look into this? I'm like, okay. I'll. Actually, Sean, we nailed this subject down that night when we finished the last episode. The last episode. So, yeah, yeah. so what had happened? I did some poking around, and I wasn't really satisfied in what I was finding, and and that's unusual because there's you do this long enough, and you get a sense of like, okay, you're weighing a lot of information out, and there's a point where okay, this is starting to make sense, and you're trying to figure out what's truth and what isn't, and I just wasn't able to to really get a handle on some of this stuff. It wasn't making sense to me, and then. I stopped by uh, yesterday, and Ronnie's telling me, "Hey, listen, you gotta you gotta watch this show, Rogan, Rogan, uh, Joe Rogan program with Epstein on it, and it's about Google." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah," but I, I promised Ronnie I'd listen to it, right? So uh, I go home, I do some more research, and I'm still not happy where I'm at. And then I wake up like two in the morning, and uh, I'm like, "All right, I can't get back to bed." I promised Ronnie I'd listen to this episode, and I listened to it. Well, they talked about the Brave browser and a search engine associated with Brave. Well, I swapped up what I had, and all this information on the topic I've been looking for popped up in front of me. Yeah. Now I had information to work with that I was not getting. It it wasn't coming to me. Mm. And a, a bigger, um, just a little more in that direction, how this works and how they control it in ways that you wouldn't even believe. So I have a business, and some of the advertising was done through Craigslist just to get um, my product out there. And so it was throughout New England, and then I noticed that I started plotting out where I was getting my sales, and be like a remote area of Bangor, Maine, and I would sell, you know, these items in this forty-mile area. And I'm like, why these folks? It's not like they called their neighbor and said, "Hey, here's the widget. You're gonna want one." So I'm like, they're controlling who sees my Craigslist ad, and. Yeah. I found out if had it confirmed, they're actually doing that. So to the degree that, let's say that, you know, you talk about the secret societies and how do they benefit people because they open doors for you business-wise and otherwise, okay? So they say, well, we'll help you get your business off the ground or we'll, we'll navigate you through the waters of your business because you're part of our group, whatever. So what I'm telling you, even on Craigslist, 
those who control the levers on this thing can control who sees your product and who doesn't. So to the extent that if you're a if you're a browser on Craigslist and you're looking for this widget, it realizes you're a potential buyer. It can tell, the algorithms can tell you're going to buy something, you're just looking for the one to buy as opposed to a tire kicker, right? So if you're a real buyer, then they can let you see real product, but they can also keep real product from you. So now they're controlling uh, the prosperity of someone's business by whoever they are, whoever controls these algorithms. And so I had someone who gave me a little insight into it and said that their their brother worked for Google. He wouldn't tell me much more. He says, you're correct. They're doing that. And I will not talk about it anymore. Yeah. So Google is essentially, it's a global mind control machine. It has the ability to sway perception and opinions on a global scale and it's all run through algorithms and searches of like databases and stuff and algorithms are manipulated and modified by people right. so they're doing this intentionally and i think that malone they not the malone uh Ep- that epstein mm-hmm. um is just the surface and i think there's going to be a lot more stuff to come out of this because like ron had mentioned Hold on. you mean the epstein episode on rogan yes yeah, sorry okay. about google um, yes. There's going to be a lot more stuff that we're going to see coming out in the future about the corruptness of Google and the, um, as Ron mentioned, like the blacklists. Well, when, when I, so I sent a, before I knew what was going on, I sent a query to Craigslist. I said, what's going on? Why can't some people see my ads and some do? And it was kind of accusatory, but something was going on. Um that day, my eBay account and my Amazon ca- account were shut down temporarily without explanation. It's all interconnected. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that um, Robert Epstein, he really, what they are, what he is doing, because he's kind of doing this whole side of research. It's like behavioral research through tech. So what they, what they do is that they, they set up simulations Mm -hmm. and then, so he'll set up a simulation of YouTube, essentially the same exact platform. It's just their own. And then they do a bunch of different tests on people trials, um, to really show and conclude just how controlled and manipulated, uh, these platforms are essentially. Mm -hmm. And that comes down to what Sean is kind of talking about of where his product is only being shown or displayed to certain people, or it's not being displayed um, as it should. Tire kickers, not to buyers, and then right, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely happening. So it's it's interesting on that. I mean, they, that and they he talks about just like the election process too, and um, you know the opinions on uh, you know cultural things that are happening and how they manipulate like, so all that stuff. So years ago, I, I realized that election after election, because I've been paying attention to them until I was a, since I was a teenager, and it's always like 48-52, It's always like in those that realm of it's almost, it's a 50-50 thing with the public. Go back to the Civil War and look at some of the headlines. They were doing it back then. Yeah. It was the same thing. Oh, the country is divided. It's the same thing. Yeah, and I mean, what... Where does that power really? Well, that's what we're here to discuss. Yeah, that's what we're here. Yeah. Um, I mean, so I guess who wants to start? Okay. So like I said, last week, we gave you a little bit on the Club of Rome and we're going to dive a little bit deeper. We're going to go back about five to 700 years Hmm. and we're going to talk just a little bit about what we hear and what everybody knows as the black nobility, which to me has a different meaning than I think what a lot of people 
think the meaning is. Uh, I think it has multiple meanings, uh, but we're going to jump off on the black nobility, and I'm going to let Sean uh, give you a little background. Oh, Buckley, did you? Because I know no, you did a, let Buckley I did a bunch of research. Buckley did a yeah, lot ahead. of research on this. Yeah, so so uh, so just dive in, Buckley, a little bit, and we'll get the people warmed up. All right. Uh, pressure's on. It is. It's confusing when you look into this subject, um, and especially when you know uh, all of these different secret societies that come in play, especially like the map that we have. It's it's crazy. It's overwhelming. Um, and did you guys come across the the Club of Rome when you were doing research on this as well? I didn't. Yeah. Actually, okay. you know what? The Club of Rome is not even mentioned. Some of the stuff you can't stumble well, on. I, well, <laughs> well, I think because the Club of Rome is not that old. That was founded no, in the sixties, like late nineteen sixties, right? But it is part of the tentacle, the system of tentacles, right? So, it, and it has been alluded to that it's kind of directly from Black Nobility as well as the Club of the Committee of Three Hundred, which I don't know if you guys. Mm. Oh yeah, I've and that's another of. one. There's not a lot of information about. So you guys might need to help me on this because I was confused when I was looking into this. But event, uh, essentially, what I found out, or what I believe, I think I know, is <laughs> you know the there's this whole Aryan ancient um, term that we use for people. And I'm not going to go because I don't know. Sean knows more about this than I do, probably. Um, but that was kind of developed into Iranians, Aryan, Iranian, and then eventually. Persian, <laughs> which eventually settled in <laughs> Venice. Hmm? No? Yeah, yeah, I'm not disagreeing. Yep. Okay, yep. so this is just what I found. So Persians kind of settled in Venice, and this is where we see the black nobility show up, I guess. So Venice back in, what, a thousand... 63 or something like that uh basically became this uh, monopoly f for power they controlled a lot of the world trade um through you know different raw materials they also kind of uh, you know uh, uh oils um fuels things like that um and eventually they and they also kind of set the standard for gold i guess what the value of gold is what I found. Um, and through Venice, they created the banking system, um, which then they spread out throughout the world. Uh, and then Venice, uh, they, yeah, they basically spread it out throughout the world and eventually created like this black nobility, which is what they called it, which was the elite families that essentially were controlling the world through this banking and materials systems, which they eventually moved into London. And that's where you now see in contemporary times, the, I guess, the financial district, right? Um, City of London. City of London. And where they are held up, the black nobility, uh, is in this, it's called Centre, or Centre of London. And that's where you get a lot of the financial stuff. So I guess essentially what the black nobility is, is kind of like a driving factor of the world control mm -hmm. and dominance and manipulation. And Sean, I don't know if you want to weigh in or Ron, yeah. do you have any discrepancies if I'm getting my information correct? So, um, yeah, in the micro in those, you can keep going down these little rabbit trails of, um, 
this organization, that organization, um, I'm going to kind of take it at more of a macro um, view from above. Like the larger scale. The larger scale, just kind of pulling it all in at once. So one of the things that was asked at the last program was, uh, why do we need to know who these people are? And I want to preface this um, by saying, because the ruling elite have a plan that they're exercising. And, and that plan, for example, I believe for ex- as part of this that the Nazis of World War II and we're going to identify them at some point here, more so than we have already. Um, it was never the intent to win the Second War, World War. Um, they did exactly what they wanted to do, and that was um, to position themselves um, to finish off what they started, but 50 or so years down the road. In, in other words, if they had successfully completed the mission that we've been told they were on to control Europe, um, then we would have a standoff indefinitely between Europe and the United States. We have the Atlantic between us. There's really not going to be any changes significant over time. They're not going to rule the world from that location because they're not going to overcome the United States. So they, what they did was, uh, as part of this plan, they reestablished boundaries um, in Israel. They identified a protected group now as the Jews. Um, and some of the worst horrific German scientists were sent through a migration underground program that involved the Catholic Church called Operation Paperclip and were brought into the United States, never brought up on war crimes, and were the founders of the CIA and NASA. Includes the Bush, Grandfather Prescott Bush. Um, And so that's why I think there's significance in the bigger picture because that was their plan and they're executing, and I think it's the Fourth Reich now, um, the end of that plan um, in our country and throughout the world. So it wasn't that they lost World War II. I don't believe that based on some other information. Okay. Okay. So I think it's, well, I think without getting too uh, close to modern times, (coughs) excuse me. uh, When we say the black nobility, like the black nobility, I don't believe in itself is a secret society. The black nobility is a name that's given to the group of all of these converging bloodlines from the past that because uh, the black nobility basically came out of uh, Venice, Venice, right? Like yeah. Buckley said. Venetians. Yeah, Venetians and Vesuvian or is it Vesuvians or Venetians or whatever. Yeah. And uh, but what it is, I think that's just a, like a broad term used to say, OK, this uh, house of orange or house of, you know, uh, uh, what's the other one? Uh, all the all the different Medici and all these other all these other bloodlines from Italy and things like that. It, it kind of it all converged like like before the term black nobility came into right. That's and, important. And this, and this is just like a broad term that they use. Uh, and the only thing that kind of freaks me out about it when we're doing all of our research is that. We're finding out that this black nobility isn't isn't just these uh, like what you see on the CIA side about the thirteen families. Like right. everybody talks about the thirteen families. You got the Rothschilds, you got the Duponts, you got the Pesos, you got this, you got that. Right. What we're trying to do here over the course of who knows how many episodes, <laughs> a thousand, is show you how all these things are linked in. Right. All these people are linked in. They're, all these aristocratic families, all these royal families, all these. Uh, papal families and this and that, it, right all, with the Vatican. Oligarchs. Oligarchs, yeah. It, everything, 
All these people are related in one form or another, or they're intertwined through business, through banking, and through natural resources, just basically raping the land. And what we've been taught in history class uh, is, is is just just not even like remotely close, not even remotely close to what's actually going on now. And the other thing that I find about the black nobility, that there might be some truth in advertising there, because a lot of these noble families... It's turning out that we're actually, and Black. I'm not being racist. I'm, we're not, we've got a racist bone in my body. Disclaimer. I'm just saying, a lot of these black nobility families and these original bloodlines were, in fact, black. Yeah, right? and a lot of the, it's important to know, too, that, like, the black nobility in Venice, when that came ar- around, there is so much more before that. Oh, my God, yes. Uh, ancient, you know, bloodline tracking, different groups. Uh, as Sean talked about the the uh, ten, is it ten original tribes? Oh, the twelve tribes. Sorry, twelve original tribes back to you know uh, ancient Egypt. So it's not just like they developed in Venice one time. It's like you can track this stuff for a very long time throughout history. And as Ron was saying, there are now black nobility houses all around the world. Mm-hmm. Like different houses, the house of you know Sweden, Switzerland, all these different countries. Merovingians, right? Yeah. And, yeah. yeah. So that those two things are important. In Habsburgs. <laughs> hey, just something real quick, right? right. Uh, just uh, when when you talk about when you talk about the 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 just the the control, the whole control of the world that these people have, right? It's broken up to the three major cities. That all these cities are constructed similar, their buildings are similar in appearance, how they're laid out is similar in appearance, and they're all sovereign nations onto themselves. In and of themselves. Onto themselves. And this is why, remember this last, was it this last summer, they were trying to do a vote where they wanted to turn Washington, D.C. into into a a state? state. It's never going to happen. It cannot happen with this with this the corporation that we call the United States of America, mm-hmm. which is a corporation, we're also going to be getting into that in a, in a future episode. But you have the three seats of power in the world, right? There actually may be more, but these are the three that we know about right now. <clears throat> the city of London. Now, we're not talking about the city proper of London. We're talking about the entity that's actually called the City of London. I want to say it's a one square mile block that is the financial center of the world. And this is a country onto its own. Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. is the same thing. Mm -hmm. Washington, D.C. is the military capital of the world. For whatever reason, this is why the United States was chosen to be the military superpower of this world. And this is why it's always the United States military that is out policing all these other countries in the world. What we always ask, what are we doing over there? What do we have to do with that? Well, this is why. This is why. Because the black nobility and all these all these. Uh, 13 families, which it's more than 13. Mm-hmm. But but all these powers that be tell the United States, you need to do this. Right. It's not our president. Our president doesn't have, really have any power. And our current president 
certainly doesn't have any power. Nope. It looks or like a barely freaking, has a brain. <laughs> can barely speak. <laughs> looks like a joke on the world stage. But this is, <laughs> but this goes to prove why it doesn't matter. And then you have the, it, the it, third. It doesn't matter that Joe Biden's an idiot. No, because Joe Biden's not running the show. Even if Trump right. was the president, Trump ain't running the show either. Nope. And Trump is a Jesuit. In the order of the Jesuits is part of the black nobility. Right. So what, something that I found. Well, hold on. We have one more city. Oh, right. We got Vatican City in Rome. The- city onto its own. Country onto its own. Sovereign nation. This is why nobody can investigate the Vatican Bank, which is the richest bank in the world. Number one land owner, property <clears throat> owner in the world. Yeah, is the Catholic Church, right? Yeah. The Catholic Church is definitely part of the black nobility. And then you talk about the black pro, the black pope, well, right? all the popes. Okay, but you talk, everybody hears about the, the white pope and the black pope, right? <laughs> and the gray pope. <laughs> the black pope, and if, if you're serious about that, we're going to touch am. on that. I am. The black pope is actually the black pope because this is the part of Catholicism that uses occultism and uses black magic and things like that. And this is who runs the Jesuits. Yep. And then you got your Jesuit colleges in the United States. Oh, they're just great schools. Yeah, Gonzaga. Hmm. I want to say, isn't Georgetown a Jesuit university? Anyways, we're not going to get into that. We're well, going to get into that. We're going to get into that when we talk about the educational system right. and how that's been altered by the Rockefeller, uh, Rockefeller family. I had found a list of like 10 popes <clears throat> that when I was reading that reported directly to like the black nobility. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that. I mean, that kind of goes into more of the control stuff that we were talking about. Um, and so you could directly see the ties of the popes to the Vatican and being controlled right. by the black nobility. As well as another thing I came across is that like the black nobility really does control all these other, other secret societies that we see, especially in this um, the deep state map that we have. Uh, they're like the driving factor. I okay. don't know how accurate that is. Is anyone wants to weigh in? Okay, so when we talk about the timeline here, right? If you start out at the beginning of this cultiball map, and you go to the uh, to to the well, the beginning into what is current times now, which we will call the end, right? The black nobility comes in where it's where it's more prominent and more of a, more of a, a world superpower, which it is a world superpower. It just became organized. Yeah, it came more organized uh, in Venice. Probably about 60% of the way to the future. So we have 60% of craziness we need to talk about that even comes into play that actually where the black nobility is formed. So we thought that we would take a good jumping off point, work our way back, work our way forward. So it might be the, the biggest thing that we struggled with. And talking to the meetings with Sean and Buckley and I. The biggest thing that we talked about is how we can lay this out in a way that's understandable and easy for the listener to to kind of grasp onto it. I don't think there is any easy way. What we're good. No. It's just so mind-blowing and so huge. This is why we have to do it one episode at a time. So, But, but we decided after, after last week that we were going to start off with the Black Nobility and branch out from there 
and maybe make it a little bit easier for the listeners. But but when you talk about the Vatican, Buckley, I mean, you talk about the Vatican and then you bring the Templars into it and how the Vatican, the Templars worked for the Vatican. And then when they fell out of favor with the Vatican, this is this is where the whole uh, the whole myth of Friday the 13th, 13th being yep. being bad luck. Well, it was it was Friday the 13th. Right. In 1307, that all the Templars were rounded up and executed. Well, they didn't get all of them, but but they got they got the majority of the Templars because they knew that the Templars had some form of information that they had discovered in the uh, uh, the temple, Mm -hmm. the temple in uh, Jerusalem that the Templars were going to use against these families, the black nobility families, to use against the powers that be, to use against the Vatican, where the Vatican wanted ultimate control of the world to control people through fear using right. religion, right. right? So you talked about the, the black um, the black pope. There, there's black Templar, Templars as well, the line of the black Templar. You keep running up against that there's this, um, this white and this black... Um, I don't know if it's competing. It's not competing, but it's it's uh, it's structured. The black, whatever the black lines are, tend to be above the white in terms of authority. Um, so, a jumping off back in time a little bit because this story, this part of the story, it, it needs some looking into because there was a a man by the name of um, Alfred Albert Pike. Albert. Albert Pike, and he was a Grand Mason born um, just at uh, around 1800, and then he authored uh, a plan. He wrote a book called uh, Morals and Dogma, but there's and they made this very controversial. I know years ago when I was looking to it, it wasn't controversial, and now it is because they don't want the public only to think that he had the ability to control things that far in the future, but he, he wrote a description of, of three world wars that would happen in the future. Um, and the first two have gone right by the numbers. So that being the case, Ian, the powers that be, even back then, had the ability to put together and construct and engineer events w- with that amount of specificity to the point that they really didn't error, and they got the outcomes they wanted. It doesn't look to me like they're getting that outcome right now on the third world, this awakening thing, um, Trump being a piece of it, and then the, the public ultimately becoming aware of the goings-on of the secret societies and stuff um, has really thrown them in turmoil. I, I don't know that they know how to step. We talked about looking glass stuff, and they're operating probably for, for the first time, it would seem, in the dark, and, and they're making a lot of missteps. Okay, would you agree, Sean, that... <clears throat> that what Albert Pike talks about the Third World War is not necessarily a war military, a military it's not. war. I think we're in the Third World War right now, yeah. which is a information war. It's an info war to to coin Alex Jones. Right. <clears throat> it's an info war. It's a financial war. It's a war for your mind and your soul. Right. And it's a war for total global control via the Great Reset. Mm-hmm. via COVID lockdowns, via uh, all these other things that that we know that, that the people that are part of the black nobility have had in store for us 
going back literally hundreds of years. This is the end game. The problem is, is we are in the informational times. Mm -hmm. That's massive. Everybody has access to the internet. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> you walk around with a computer in your pocket. Mm -hmm. If you want to look something up, you can look it up. If you want to share something that you feel is always correct, you can do that. Information spreads like wildfire. And this is where big tech comes in to where the powers that be tell big tech, you need to shut that shit down. Right. So David, like, Rock you got to stop this. You can't let these commoners overrule us because just like we said before, there's more of us than there are of them. And I'll tell you what, look at Muammar Gaddafi, how extremely wealthy that man was. When it came down to the end, all that wealth did not matter mm -hmm. because they took him out and shoved a sword up his ass. So he was. And don't you think that these global elite might be thinking if this goes further, and I'm not talking next week, but I'm talking 5, 10, 20 years down the road. 20, 30. That this could happen to us. And I feel as though it's completely doable. But you got to get rid of the mass formation psychosis that we talked about recently. You got to get these people thinking the thinking right, you know, thinking, understanding that, dude, you are getting played. Right. And you are getting played. You need to step up. You need to wake up and you need to join us because when this all comes down, you're going to want to come down on the right side. And it's the only way we're ever going to make it through this. And don't give in to temptation either. That was a big <clears throat> thing I came across when I was looking into the black nobility was that like they're very good at finding out people's weaknesses through finding out what they want. So that's why lots of times you see things being pushed at you like sex or money or drugs. And then once they, you know, give you this stuff, then in return, you feel like you owe them something. So then they're, you're more easily manipulated. So, so like so, so, stuff in culture, pop culture, you, why are we seeing all this? You know, sex is being pushed at us. Drugs are being, you know, thrown in our face, all this stuff. So just be aware of that. So if they know the secrets and they have control in the secret societies, part of their power is that they know secrets, right? So if they know your secrets, then they have power over you. And, and, they, and they discover what your secrets are and uh, your secret desires. Yep. Big tech does through Google. Data mining. Through Facebook, yeah. through Instagram, by following what you follow to, and your Alexa and your cell phones that are probably listening to this episode right now. Right. <clears throat> they take all this information, they aggregate it, and they say, okay, that's what this guy is into. Yeah. This guy likes X, Y, Z. We heard on your Alexa, your dog barking. So we're going to send you ads for dog food. Mm -hmm. Simple as that, right? But Buckley hit it on, hit the nail on the head. They want to promote pornography hugely to, to get you distracted. They want you to get away from God. They want you to. They. That's they, a war for your soul. I, I don't well, care. Well, it's interesting I, I really you say that. that. They want to get you away from right thinking. They want to get you away from your morals. Look right. at this. The president wants to hand out uh, crack pipes. Right. And money oh, too. Okay. With the stimulus. I, checks and money. And all all this. the stimulus checks. You sit home and stay home and sit on your ass and get used to universal basic income. Right. So so this is why they aggregate all this information and you give it to them for free. Now, yeah. think about this. Yeah. I'll take it to another level. 
So with COVID, so yeah, just knowing your secrets, knowing your desires, um, just like the 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 priest um, who put themselves behind a um, screen, and you confide in them, and you think, well, I'm you know, I, I, this won't go any further. There's no way it, it can, and it doesn't. That was a way that they could to, could pry secrets out of people, and and then they could hold it against them. So think about this: you get you've got. Um, COVID testing of, let's say, three quarters of the world, half of it anyways, right? Knowingly, not knowingly. Maybe you've all been tested. We've all been tested. We don't know it. But the point is, they, if they have I had to be. DNA on you, okay? So ma- ma- imagine this now. They have this big database of DNA from all this testing globally, right? And now they marry it up. Again, they're not telling you at this point. They marry it up against CODIS in unsolved crimes, so maybe you did something 20, 30, 40 years ago. Maybe you did something yesterday. Maybe a family member did something. How many secrets do they know now if they've married these two technologies up together? Didn't I say a long time ago that I had a theory that the PCR test was just a DNA collection tool? Yeah, sure. we talked about that on our uh, episode of where we did cloning and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, that's what we think. Uh, they're gathering all this DNA for to have a giant database, yeah. basically. Well, that, that's quite a... That's quite a um, power to wield over people because right. you just look and you could track way, way back in time but you get phone calls and say hey i know what your brother did i know what you did 10 years ago you're involved in this crime you're gonna toe the line in your business so you're gonna vote this way or you're gonna go get the shot and you're gonna get your family to get the shot right i mean there's so many different things that can be done with that with that information um and imagine that dna database information paired with your your data mining through technology all on, goes together in this big yeah. AI system that knows things before you even think it, right? <laughs> I also had a theory that there was a group of people they were looking for, which is going to be part of this series. We're not going to get into it right yeah, now. Yeah, it definitely is interesting. <clears throat> and now. I know I keep shooting you folks a little few crumbs, but I said way back when they are looking for a group of people. So who are they looking for? So this is a religious and a racial war and through the prism I look through through scripture, it's always been that. It's funny you talk about your desires and the whole sexual component. That's right in the first book of Genesis that the fallen angels couldn't help themselves with the women. And later on, um, there's more issues with King David. And these bad decisions related to that have effect on mankind in history in a significant way. So, yeah, well, I mean, for me, like, you're talking about the sexual urges and temptation and pornography. It's like, well, what is pornography really doing? It, you're doing the act of sex um, through, you know, a screen, basically. So it's kind of almost uh, dis in, dispersonalizing. I don't know if that's a word. The act of sex from another oh, sure. human being. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So instead of seeking out a relationship. Des- desensitizing, maybe? Desensitizing, but kind of it's kind of like the I self disimpersonalizing. I know what I mean. Like, uh, I guess what I really mean is like seeking out that human connection yeah. that you're often in need when you're having sexual relationships with somebody. Yeah. So therefore, in, in my opinion, cause you know, sex can be a very spiritual act. Do you know what I mean? With mm-hmm. another human. So in a way, pornography is kind of shutting that down. Um, and and de- uh, and getting people to you know seek sex from the the technocracy monopoly that they're having with porn, which goes into the idea of a religious or spiritual war, in my opinion. If they're sh- trying to shut down 
that connection for sex and spirituality act with another person. <laughs> right. And don't you think that they're using this? Because we know that one of the agendas is to break up the family. Right. Yeah. They do not want people living in a nuclear family. Right. right? So let's just take one thing. Billy Joe Jim Bob is addicted to porn. Mm. He's married to Laura Mae Sally Sue. <laughs> they got four kids. Lovely names. They got four kids. They live across the hall. They got four kids <laughs> and a very good dental plan. Billy Joe Jim Bob decides he's going to go down to the bar one night and have a drink. Meets up with a big booty influencer. <laughs> Goes home with her. His wife finds out. It all blows up. They end up splitting up. Family that's just, one family destroyed right there. Yeah, that's temptation. And that's why they call chicks uh, home wreckers, right? Temptation, you know? yeah. So now you got a family split up, kids going back and forth. Maybe some kids lose their way. I think kids need both parents. Hmm. I think I think there should be a movement. I said this before. There should be a movement for at least one day a week. All your family get together for a great big like get together, cookout, whatever. Yeah. Right. right? Family dinners. Right. We need to bring that stuff back. And this just goes a simple thing like pornography. Excuse me. Can be used to destroy the family unit. Well, think about the other the other thing you brought in that little scenario you brought up. Alcohol. You know? Right. Alcohol. I mean, hey, I drink. I like to drink. Ron likes to drink. Sean, I don't know. Um but like that's a big part of society that is pushed. The soul. I mean, think about how much of culture. What do they call revolves around drinking? Right. Do you want know going to bars when you're going to meet hanging out with family members? Um, look at having a look, drink. Look at the New Hampshire. I want to say one, right? is number in one the in the country for alcohol consumption right. per capita. Yeah. Right. And then you so you push, you know, this consumption of alcohol, and you base a lot of this off. Of your your normal behavior in society, and if you consume a lot of alcohol, you can make bad choices, and bad choices can lead to sexual things, right? And then, like you said, Ron, it could destroy a family. Yeah. Um, and I don't know you, see, but you see a lot of this also the the sex the hypersexualization of people the uh con, the heavy load of consumption of al- alcohol pushed through pop culture all the time. It's a a a trend through TV, yeah, mm-hmm. in music videos, you see it everywhere. So it's like I don't know if that's something that is a part of the nefarious act or agenda, but so I read some papers a while ago that even when they um were producing creating different institutions within the country and even having the kids leave the farm and go off to college was engineered destruction for the family. So they knew they probably wouldn't come back. Even that little thing was something as part of their plan. And, you know, they call alcohol spirits. Right. And and there's a reason for that. So you got the, you talk about desensitization, desensitizing um, towards the interaction, the touching. So when my son was in, in um, junior high, my wife and I noticed that he was, had his phone and texting stuff was becoming popular and stuff. And, uh, uh, we realized that he didn't know how to interact with his fellow classmates since we made a point of, of encouraging that. And and now you've got these kids where they're wearing masks, right? Mm. They they can't even see the expressions on their 
on their classmates and the D. I mean, it's to a level now. It's damaging. That damage, even if they stop tomorrow, is going to be generational, and they know it. Right. <clears throat> because you're developing at a very young age, and one of the ways you're doing that, which we've talked about before, is reading body language, reading yep. facial expressions. And if you're however young and you're a developing mind and you're not getting that stimulant or that observation of behavior in your social interactions, then you're not going to develop that and you're going to run into problems later on. And I, I, I do believe that we're just seeing the beginning of this whole mask thing. They're grooming the kids in school. And the isolation as well. You're going to see those come into effect in the younger generation in few in years from now as well as TikTok. Did you Ron's guys did you guys see the report how they were saying there's a huge uptick in in younger kids requiring speech therapy? Mm. And this oh, is all because they're not having the ability to read lips, right? So yeah. so this I feel all of these agendas like Buckley said the pornography uh something we didn't touch on the over sexualization of minors which we know pedophilia plays a big role in this stuff that we're going to be talking about right so we see that everywhere just like that netflix show that had all the controversy was it called little cuties Cuties. or something cuties yeah i never saw it obviously not gonna see it i actually watched the first 40 minutes just just to get a kind of get a look at what was going because i know know we had talked about it i worked in I work with psychosexual clients. Oh, that's right. That's right. I just wanted to be like, okay, what is this about? So making, dumbing down people on a global scale, not just the United States, and all this, I feel that these are all part of the agenda of these black nobility families. And it's taken this many years for them to figure out how they were going to do it. And it's just, right now, to me, it's just so crystal clear. Yeah, and I think that's why I'm so driven to do this series, right. because because more people need to take these episodes and share them out. You know, uh, like like get people that would never even contemplate listening to a podcast or contemplate talking about these because these are like no go subjects. Like nobody wants to talk about pornography. Nobody wants to talk about the hypersexualization of minors or pedophilia. Nobody wants to talk about that. Nobody wants to talk about human sacrifice. We're going to be getting into that as well. And all these are all part of this nefarious Luciferian agenda that's brought forth by these by the black nobility. Right. And you're not just seeing like it's not just cuties you're seeing for hyper hypersexualization of teenagers. You're seeing all these other shows pop up, um, you know, Euphoria, uh, Sex Education, um, where they're show where they're portraying high school students students that are super hypersexual, as well as I've noticed some shows where uh, you know violence is being done to you know minors. Um, so that's the other, that's a couple of things, as well as I mean, think about TikTok. I'm not exactly where, sure where I heard about this idea. Um, but I found it very interesting because take this platform, right, where you can make a couple minute video, couple second video and put it out and possibly become famous for it, right? Um, and then you have people doing the dumbest shit on TikTok, <laughs> the dumbest stuff to get recognized, dancing, yeah. uh, <laughs> all these stupid challenges tiktok challenges this video that video and then so imagine if you targeted the targeted that towards a society or a group of people um and then this starts to become the norm 
Mm. Do you know what I mean? So people are starting to focus on in TikTok targets a lot of younger kids. Um, so then this becomes the focus of a culture, you know, people more interested in creating dumb dancing TikTok videos or whatever the hell else, instead of, you know, doing something else like pursuing a, a, a physical activity or an art form or, or, or hmm. you know what I mean? So uh, there was some controversy a couple of years ago about TikTok being owned by the Chinese. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what Inter- I've heard. Interesting. Yeah. Um, what I find really interesting and a lot of things that we're not seeing right now is how China plays into this whole thing, because this, this has nothing on this map, but Sean, Sean has done uh, a lot of research. Uh, and we're just going to tell you, we're going to talk a little bit about the Huns, the Han dynasty, uh, a little bit later, a few episodes down the road. But, but I mean, let's just take the whole fact that what do we see? We see all this division now, right? Us against them, right? This has always been part of the playbook of the black nobility, of the elite, the cabal, the cult, whatever well, you want to call it. Let me interject there for a second, because the us against them, it actually isn't. They've created this environment where it's us against, so they're the ruling elite, and we're not actually against them. They've got us pit, pitted against ourselves, against our neighbors, against our counterpart in another state. That's why they've been, they, they need to keep us diverted off of them. We can't look up. We either can look down or look across. So... One of the things when they're censoring, if you look at what they're censoring and the reasons why, it's because that you'd make notice to them. So I'll give you an example. It's always the invert, the opposite, a distraction. Um, I'm going to divert to you um, what I'm actually doing, that kind of a thing. So Hollywood gets out there and points a finger at at making large amounts of money. If you're a top earner, then you're a bad person in society when they're the largest earners in it, it for their industry it's crazy what they make so it's always you know don't look what i'm doing and i'll project it onto you so they've got we, so one of the things i hope we accomplish as we go on here is we don't come across as racist we're going to talk about racial lines because they've created that division um and there's a good reason why they've done it because they they take to very closely a a um bloodline that they don't want to deviate from um, and that is racial in origin. And that's what they've created an environment where you can't talk about that. So right. by default, you can't talk about them. Um, we're going to do it here, apparently. Again, and I'm glad. Again, again, a no-go subject. The, what the environment, Which right. we're going to go on. So isn't this like we don't have freedom of speech anymore? Mm. Right? Isn't this part of that? Well, they didn't take it away from us. Well, yeah, they did. Mm. Yes, they did. Indirectly, we can't talk on these subjects. And right. uh, so it's... It, Exposing them for who they are, where they come from, um, why they do what they do, um, and then realize amongst us, the non-elite, I don't give a crap, and no one I know cares what color you are. Right. Um, it really doesn't matter, and it's an issue only because they've made it one. Now, in my lifetime, um, I, I, we grew up, and we didn't. these issues weren't out there. We talked about comedians earlier. I tried to tell my son, he's 23 now, that when I grew up, we didn't have the, the issues of... Um, social correctness and then speech PC correctness culture, peach culture we didn't have it. And, and it right and he's like really because and i i remember when so i'll go back 20 years uh, more than that i was one of the first rush listeners I, I was like 18 years old so that's how it came on my radar very early on the political thing um for reasons i don't even know and then um just came to realize that, um, okay, uh, 
<laughs> I lost the subject. Oh, he did it again. I, I do this from time to time. To he went on. He went down the rabbit hole. So we were talking about. Um, look at Ron over there. Yeah, he's pretty intent on that. He's studying the map once again. Uh, you were talking about racial divides. Um, how yes. it was created. So, so we didn't grow up with it. And I remember when Obama became president the first time, and it it it, it just was so glaring to me. Within weeks or months of his presidency, there was a situation. I don't remember the particulars. I haven't looked into it, but it was the start of an awareness to me that something is happening and there's a change, and it hasn't stopped since his his first year in office. And that was concerning an issue in Cambridge, Mass, and a break into a house or something, and how I think um, personal color was being accused um, inappropriately, and it turns out he was wrong in the end or whatever. But but that was it. This whole racial thing was being developed. They were going to bring it to the forefront. And that's it. It's never gone away. So had bad things happen to people in the country? Yeah. Did we have a civil war to rectify things? Long And then we'll talk later because you'll find that this um, Albert Pike we talk about, who talks about the Third World Wars and what they created, so it happens that he's one of the founders of the KKK. So you start to put the pieces and the players together and see, wow, this is part of what they did. Um, and and the, the, one of the things I walked away today was I don't believe whatsoever any longer that throughout written history that we're given that the white people have enslaved blacks to any degree. Um, to the contrary, um, blacks have enslaved whites throughout history. It seems like the black nobility and the dynasties and the different within Egypt and stuff, that's what they've been all about. So they've given us the inverse is what it's it's looking like yet again. Here we go. Here's history inverted in such a way that you're going to, and even to the point of we went through a civil war just to be able to have that narrative later on down the road to use when we're going to throw it in your faces. So this isn't their first rodeo. They know very well what they're doing. Um, and to think that back in the 1800s, they gave insight even into technologies. They had to have understood technologies to some degree to understand how to use them later. They weren't looking blindly at this. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I'll give you another example. So we're, if you ask the average person who doesn't know much about politics and ask them, you know, what, what party? I'm not a party person. A long time ago, I was done with the politics. I realized they're both going in the same direction. Right. But, you know, the equality, who stood up for, for, the, um, for the black folks of this country? And you find it was the Republicans. Civil Rights Act 1963 was put together by the Republicans, not the Democrats. The KKK was a Democratic party. And uh, the Democrats were part and parcel to the KKK, and one of the Grand Wizards just died, what, five years ago or ten years ago? He was a friend of Hillary Clinton's there. I forget his name. Um, Bird, wasn't it? Bird, Bird. Yeah. Yeah. And so this has all been twisted and, and inverted. It's been turned. That's what but they do But you notice always. that's all been scrubbed. Nobody talks about that. Try to find this stuff. Nobody talks about that. Okay, Abraham Lincoln, who wrote the Emancipation Proclamation, what party was he a member of? Abraham Lincoln was a Republican. Republican, yes. Republican Party, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so they, so they. All right, Lyndon Johnson is the one who changed everything because mm. he came out and he said it differently. I don't like the N word. I don't like to use it, but he says, "Leave it up to me. I'll have these blacks voting for the Democrats for the next hundred years." Mm. That was a real quote. He didn't yeah. say it like that, but you can only imagine how we said it. Right. He was hugely racist now you go on and do some research on that lynn and because ever since lyndon johnson who was part of the coup 
against the Kennedys because he had something to do with Kennedy getting assassinated, mm -hmm. uh, which, again, black nobility, higher cabal, bloodline families had something to do using our CIA, which is the which is an intelligence branch of the cabal. Created and the black by nobility. the Nazi Germans, German Nazis, right, right as we right. found out. But anyways, but, but, but Lyndon Johnson, ever since Johnson was president, what have we seen? Yeah, that divide. We've seen just what he said right. was going to happen. Correct. Which, which again is inverse. It's like racial inversion. Right. Right. Is is what I'm gonna. It was what I'm gonna call it. Yeah. But but we're getting too modern here. Right. I would like to go back and talk a little bit, just a little bit about the Templars. Okay. The knight. The Oh, the Knights Templar. Uh, Knights Templar, okay. That's which is say. part of the black nobility. Right. Yes. Which had roots with the black nobility. It's okay. interesting. You, you said cabal and cabal black nobility. There's a kind of linkage to that. Right. Um, okay. So just we're going to touch on this just real briefly. I've always been interested in the Templars. <laughs> what we were taught in the history books, and I've read quite a few books on the Templars. What were we taught the Templars were? The Templars were the founders of the modern banking system. Well, in our research that we're finding out that the modern banking system goes back all the way to Babylon. Babylon, yep. But let's just bring it forward to uh, Venice, where Venice was kind of the, uh, the, the, the base of the financial world before the city of London even comes into play. So let me ask you this. Do well, you hold on. So, okay. so what were we taught though? We were taught that the Templars were there to protect the Christian pilgrims during their pilgrimage to the Holy city of Jerusalem during the crusades, for instance, right? Which is another, which is another division. The crusades, the the Templars, the Christian armies, the armies of God versus the Saracens, a.k.a. the Muslims, right? We were taught that, which was holy wars, which were just uh, human wars of human sacrifice is what they were. It was it was just just plain out killing I mean, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people died during the Holy Crusades. But what we were taught was what they would do is the pilgrims, before they started their journey from wherever, uh, Western Europe, you know, France, whatever, England, before they went, they would take whatever money they were going to take with them, give it to the Templars as a deposit, let's put it in modern terms, a deposit, a bank deposit. The Templars would give them the documents, meaning their bank receipt or whatever, and they would travel on their pilgrimage with with a number of Templars uh, to guard them, to, to, to go to the Holy Land. And once they got to Jerusalem, they would go to the Templar bank, present their bank slip, and they would get their goods for a fee, I'm sure. And this and this is what this is what we were taught the Templars were to begin with. Now and and then we can actually bring in that there was an order of uh, the Black Templars, mm. right? So, so, so we we see about the Knights Templar, 
which according to this information on the Cult of Ball map, started in the year 1119, okay? So you talk about you talk about the Holy Crusades, the wars was the war against the infidels, right? So, and I guess you could look at that more than one way because uh, the Muslims say that the Christians are the infidels, right? So, so when you talk about that, you have you have the war against the infidels in the Holy Land, right? And then and then you come down where the temp Templars, and then they bring in the medieval banking system, right? But what what I don't understand is they they bring up it's called the First Order of Knighthood. And it was exclusively nobility. And it's the Knights Hospital Hospitalers. Hmm. A hospital the Knights Hospitalers. And let me just give you something. Are you guys familiar with the movie The Kingdom of Heaven mm-hmm. with Orlando Bloom? Okay. Do you remember uh the the Templars, uh the one that was Guy that became the actual uh, king of the Templars, or he actually became the king of uh, Jerusalem uh, very briefly. But do you remember the knights that fought along with them that had the black robes with the white cross? Okay, yeah. And in one, in, in the main character that was a, a hospitaler, uh, actually in, a, in one of the big battles with the Muslims, they actually decapitated him, which decapitation plays a role in all of this. Again, we're going to touch on that later. Okay, that he was part of the Knights Hospitalers. Uh, excuse me, the Knights Hospitalers, and and he's had to be some type of nobility, but he was a knight. He was a knight. But 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 what we're seeing is that they were established in 1085. So 1085 was before what they're saying the Templars came into play. But uh, but anyway, so they fought along with the Templars, right? But in in all of this. This is when we start seeing emerge some of these houses. And what we're seeing is the Habsburg dynasty. Now, the Habsburg dynasty was a German a house. A Habsburg was German, right? Mm. And I want to say, I got to do my extra research on this. I believe it's part of the house of Hess, mm-hmm. which is also German. I'm not absolutely correct Look on that. Look at the that. house of Stuart as well. And, and, we're, going, and we're going to come back and, and we're, go, and we're going to talk about... Uh, the Habsburgs, the Habsburgs, the Romanovs, who were the Russian Tsar, and the House of Windsor, and how all three of those houses were actually related by blood. By blood. And when you see the three cousins, when you see a picture of the three cousins, they are basically <laughs> indistinguishable from each other. <laughs> I forget which one it is. Again, this is going to be for a future episode. One of the uh, the cousins was in House of Windsor, which is German. The House of Habsburg, which is German. And the Romanovs, which were Russian, but originally were German. If you look at the picture, and, there, and those pictures are out there. If you go and check that out, you can't tell the difference between the three of them. And this just shows how all these bloodlines, this is... All of this stuff is bloodline. It is. This is protect How the racist bloodline. is that? Right? Yeah. Think about yeah. that. Yeah. We kept a bloodline pure. How racist is that of a statement? Right. Well, <laughs> there were, well, again, this is a lot where the RH negative comes in, which, that's, that's, which is a really cool subject for me because I myself 
MRH negative as well as Sean. We Actually, Sean, some... Sean and I are both the same blood type. Are we thinking there's some incestual stuff going on in there? <laughs> there was no. There was definitely, definitely in the aristocracy oh, where they has to be the where case. they did not marry yeah. outside their bloodlines. They didn't marry outside their families well, no. because they because they couldn't uh, they couldn't uh, intertwine commoner blood. Uh, there's there's even a theory that uh, Kate Middleton. And uh, is it Prince William? Is it yeah. William? Well, yeah, one of the. I know Prince, Prince or Williams. Or okay, Prince William, which is La- uh, Lady Di's son, and Kate Middleton are actually cousins. Well, the the royal and then, family. And then we're hearing that Meghan Markle is related to the royal family too, <laughs> because there was that whole that whole frigmarole because she was dark skin. Mm-hmm. That that. Maybe it was just a front because what we're learning in some of our research is the color of your skin really didn't matter to these people. It was what the color of the blood running in your veins was. Right. Well, the and royal family has been known for uh, incestual acts, and that's sure. one of the reasons why they're known. Some of them do have like health problems, like bad, really bad immune systems, like the inability to sweat um, and things like that, because they're you know meeting uh, hem- within the. Hemophiliac, too. Right. Hemophiliac disease, which which one of the sons of Tsar Nicholas had, Hmm. uh, which is if you start bleeding, your blood doesn't clot, right? Or something like that. Right. Okay, so so now is when we start seeing the emergence of the Habsburg dynasty, right? Uh, The Holy Roman Empire. It says here on this map, 1438 to 1740. And then this, this is the time we see Baphomet. And Baphomet... According to this map, is the god of the Templars. Templars. So I want to add something to that. So I know folks out there know what Baphomet is, but it's that goat-headed, half man, half woman. Um, it, it was type. it was a hermaphrodite, uh, right? Yeah, it was hermaphrodite. But they yeah. use it. You always see. I'm sure they they they've made it into an idol. It's more than that, apparently. Yeah, and like the satanic stuff, right? It is. Yeah. And it, the Templars apparently brought it to the forefront. So that was probably something ancient that was in recent times, in the last couple thousand years, brought from the forefront. But there's some inscriptions, writings. The left, I believe the left hand on Baphomet points up and the right hand points down. And there's some inscriptions on there, and it may be Greek or something. But And it says um, to tear down and then to rebuild. And you see that. What you're going to see is a pattern throughout all this. Build is to back tear better. down and build back up. So what's been created, destroy it and build it back up. It, it doesn't say create your image or create from scratch. or It's destroy something somebody else has built and, and rebuild it. Right. So and, it goes into more of that control stuff, destroy and rebuild. And I think it goes even a step further that they, they don't have the inherent ability to create in the way they would like to. That they don't. There's, there's. Well, I'll get that later. About blessings and cursing on bloodlines, and and you're not going to overcome that. Yeah, you know, um, I had heard that uh, to go back a little. That the Crusades were, you know, basically propagated entirely by the black nobility. Like that was something that they created. Yes. So, so, so the. the it's thrown out there. At least it was to me. I always understood that it was this where the Christians tried to um, evangelize the Muslims and everything. I don't think that's the first. I don't think that happened. I really don't. And I think it's more in line with now. Look at the Templars' outfit and look at the KKK's outfits because they're almost the same. Very similar. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like the 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 priest robes and then the uh, um, uh, the Hebrew. Um, 
priests. Well, they're priests too. They're both priests. Their robes are almost identical. Rabbis. The rabbis with <clears throat> the hats and the and the garb. Because there's not a whole lot of separation between all these different groups out there. But uh, I'm looking at the whole the whole Knights Templar thing a little different as a, a movement for for good in the world. I think it couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. And right. they painted us a picture that doesn't. And when you start talking about seeing them in black outfits with red. I'm like, okay, that's making more sense to me than the, the, the way we see him with hoods on. You don't even know what color they are. And again, KKK, we're starting to get in that kind of a thing here. Right. Um, so yeah, I was kind of shocked by the Templar. I, I was under another impression of what they were. I feel differently about it and, and going to want to learn a lot more about that. Hey, you know, I read a book about the Templar. I want to say the book might have been The Last Templar. Okay. <clears throat> and I remember, and I'm not absolutely sure because I've read several books on the Templars. But I remember there was a passage at the end, and it alluded to that the Templars actually invented the myth of Jesus Christ, hmm. which I know is going to be super controversial when we're talking about all of this. But but getting back to the Vatican, right? So the Vatican, the Vatican, I feel is just a satanic cult. Like I think the Catholic Church is a satanic cult because the Vatican existed and the Catholic Church existed. Before the Roman Empire, before the Roman Empire even adopted Christianity, the Romans used to feed the Christians to the lions for sport. So, so we see a lot of uh, a lot of symbolism in the Vatican, a lot of secrecy, and 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 this brings in. Okay, so this also brings in the country of Switzerland, mm-hmm. which, which Switzerland was always a neutral country, right? But what is Switzerland known for? Chocolate. Thanks. Chocolate. Swiss chocolate. chocolate. But no, Sean hit it on the Damn head. Damn it. <laughs> Switzerland is a huge banking center, but it's a banking center for the ultra elite mm. where you can where it's all secretive. Right. Offshore bank accounts and stuff from it's basically the whole idea for offshore banking. It came yeah. from the the Switzerland, the Swiss banking system. There's also a, a, a black nobility house. I don't know the name because they're all crazy names, but yeah. You're on not the gonna... list, I found a black nobility house directly in Switzerland. So, right, right. But, but the story goes that the country of Switzerland was founded by the Templars who are, uh, we're taught, the... Uh, originators of the modern banking system so they They founded the country of switzerland okay who guards the pope who guards vatican city who guards the vatican the templars the swiss guard Mm. which the swiss guard could be part of the original Templars. Well, and you look that. you I'm look curious. into it. The Swiss Guard, these guards that guard the Vatican come from technically a neutral country. Hmm. Hmm. So in, in the bigger picture here, the money, whatever the money system is, is the control on humanity. So right. if I have ten million dollars and you have ten, I have power over you. And Correct. that's yeah. what they've done. They always create the system. They have a backup system. Their fiat money systems t- tend to run about 100 years, and they have a replacement system that picks up thereafter because of the uh, compounded interest in the... Right. Fiat money system has about a 100-year shelf life. Right. And this is why 
I think why all these agendas are because we're right there right now. So to, so okay. When when was the last crash? Two thousand eight. No no no. Now not the last biggest crash that we learned as kids. The crash that oh. my grandparents lost all their money in. Yeah, yeah but no, let's back up a second. Well, on hold that. on, hold on. Ah, my famous ah, hold on. Ah. That was nineteen twenty nine. Yeah. About the Great Depression. Yes, and now we're at. 2022 that 100-year cycle is coming to an end and we know that our fiat monetary system financial system is an absolute shit show yes <laughs> so what what are these global elite the black nobility what is their plan going forward to ensure that the monetary system doesn't alter their wealth and you guys you guys and buckley said it too and you said it right it's the control of natural resources. Mm. All right, so go ahead, Sean. What was so the point? back to that? Um, so 1913 is is when the uh, the Federal Reserve came into being. And by the way, it's it's has nothing to do with the United States. It doesn't even have a, a government phone number to it. It's a private entity owned by a handful of families. It always has been. So right. Was, so 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 the United States Federal Reserve System is actually controlled by. The cabal. The cabal or the black nobility. Black, it's black yeah. nobility is what it is, ultimately. Yeah. So we're yeah. going to go with that. Now, um, the U.S. Treasury, that's the U.S. Treasury. Um, but it apparently doesn't have any gold in its vaults anymore or anything. But what I find interesting is what I think might have happened back then. You had So we had the greenback here. And American citizens were well aware what a central bank was back then. And they didn't want one. So this was brought in in the cover of darkness, I think Christmas Eve, 1913, when they did this. And all they had to do was own the pockets of the uh, of the politicians, they could do it. But the, the public was told it was a Federal Reserve. And apparently they were led to believe it was a federal agency. And so they didn't have the greenbacks anymore. They didn't pay taxes the way they do now. They were for, for border protection and things that uh, very limited in scope. Um, they had to grease the pockets for it to occur. And then they would, it would seem to me they would have to keep the people in the dark about what had happened. So how are you going to do that? How are you going to distract them? So now you're creating a system. It's just getting off the ground. You can have a hundred year cycle to it before it implodes because it, it's top heavy. So you can start throwing money around. So how is it we have the raid, the roaring twenties. So 1913, the money system comes in. We have the roaring twenties, right? And at the end of that, we have the great depression. So, what about throw money out there? People get drunk and intoxicated on what it can do for them and stuff, and then pull the rug out from underneath. We own them now, right? So you go. From, it always struck me as the Roaring Twenties and the Depression. How did that happen? Right, a few years later. How, how, it's well, an engineered event. I mean, when I was talking about how they were good at like, uh, you know, figuring out what you wanted, yeah, and then giving it to you. And then kind of, you know, taking it away. Yeah, yeah. I, th I think they're masterful at that. And they've done that for eons. Right. Okay, so getting back to the Templars. I love the Templars. <laughs> we couldn't tell. Okay, so so we know on Friday the 13th in 1307 was the Templar, what they call the Templar Purge, right? Mm -hmm. So we like to talk about... Freemasonry, we keep a lot of your conspiracy podcasts, a lot of you, tons of books on it. We all talk about the Masons, right? We talk about not the Masons that go out and hang out on Wednesday night and get your uh, 50 cent uh, course lights. Lodge. That the local lodge or the Bechtesh and the Grand Poopa, 
We're talking about your thir- uh, 30 degree op, 33 degree masons, the ones that know all the secrets, right? So did I did I have to tell you how, at, remind me afterwards, what that looks like at the 33 degree level? Someone told me um, some information that's not well known about that, and I'll share that with you about what that looks like. 32 okay. to 33 okay, is a so world of difference. When, now, there's a rumor that there is a version of the Templars still with us. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not talking about the drug cartel down in Mexico that's called the Templars. Okay, there is such a thing. Not what I'm talking about. The Templars, after the purge, did a number of things. And one of them that I believe that they did is they spawned Freemasonry. They spawned the remnants of the Templars. My understanding. Is yep. what became the Masons. Mm-hmm. What, does it, that map show the Mason, like when they came about? Yeah, right there. I just told you. I mean, like the date. Sorry. That's what I was looking for. Yes, 1307 is when they had the purge. Is that uh, BC? AD? 1307 AD? Yeah, this is all AD. Yeah. Yeah, this is all AD. Okay. So it says, and this is something that I had read once before. They reemerge as Freemasons and their wealth is transferred to this other secret society called the Order of Malta. So the Order of Malta, which uses, and this is where the term the Maltese cross comes from. Mm -hmm. Well, the Maltese cross is the cross that the Templars bared. And you're all familiar with the Maltese cross. There's different versions of it. I'll give you one version of it. The Iron Cross, the military Iron Cross of the German military. Right. That's, That's technically a Maltese cross. Okay. So the Templars rebrand themselves, right? As Freemasons, but they still have, I mean, they had to have some money and they had to have whatever secret that they had that they were going to use against the Vatican, whatever the Vatican was so afraid of that they had to round up the Templars, which the Templars helped helped found Switzerland, which, which founded the Swiss Guard, which guarded the Vatican. Now the Vatican turned on their own by turning on the Templars. So 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 the Templars get purged. They reemerge as the Freemasons. They ship their wealth over to a place that we're familiar with. The story of Oak Island. Hmm. That whole story is based on Templars traveling across the ocean. Hiding treasure. And hiding their treasure in the, what do they call it? The money pit. Swamp. No, they call it the money pit. Yeah, it's got all the booby traps where, where and everything It's got all it. the booby tra- Okay, who did that? That had to be somebody very smart that figured that out. Well, I don't think we could engineer that now without, I don't know, how do you hold back the ocean and create Well, this thing, we can't, we can't engineer the pyramids I know, now, so let's, right, not even, same thing. let's not even go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is... Different so, topic. So, so the theory is that when they became the Freemasons, the Templars came over. Uh, we're actually seeing uh, a lot of evidence of the Templars being in North America. Uh, the money pit is in, is it in Nova Scotia? Sounds right. Yeah, it's right above. Obviously. Yeah, it's right in there. It's in the Mar- it's in the Canadian yep. Maritimes. Yeah. So so, anyways, and then you know they're tied in with the Order of Malta, right? And I think the Order of Malta might be part of the Freemasons. 
Mm. I definitely right. read about it when I was reading about black nobility, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So this, uh, so uh, this friend of mine who has some firsthand knowledge about the Masons, um, he he talks about their ancient knowledge. In fact, he talks about the columns that they construct are reminiscent of human DNA, the spirals. Like they understood mm. that back then. Um, what I'm interested about is the time frame on this now. I thought that the Templars actually lay roots down to King Solomon. Um, I'll look back into that. But what I thought was interesting when I was looking into that, this, there's a Hiram Abiff that's referenced by the by the Masons. And um, I find that he's one of the contributors to Solomon's temple, um, the second temple. And his name, it, it's Hiram. And my friend, it sounded like it, it's Hiram Abiff, and I did a little research, and they're claiming that that's the case. What, what I find interesting is that's the Masons as the Mason going back to the Old Testament, to the Second Temple, to Solomon's Temple. Um, but on another note, so this is one of the way it was is conveyed to me. So the Masons will take you in at different at the bottom. They'll take anybody in. If, well, you need a sponsor or something, right? I mean, somebody has to invite you in. You just yeah, can't come yeah. off the street. Okay, so. You're allowed to be an atheist, you're allowed to be a Christian, you're allowed to be Muslim. It doesn't matter, apparently. and But it does matter if somehow you make it up through the ranks and you get to the 30-30 uh, level. And as was conveyed to me is they'll take you in, everything's done in secrecy. By the way, it's a checkered floor. It's black and white. It's a trading floor. Satanic. It's uh, Egyptian symbolism. Symbol everywhere around the. It, when you when they give you pictures, snippets of it, you know, it goes back to Egypt because that's where all Rome's, roads go to Rome, but they end up going to Egypt. Um, so so you get to thirty three, and there's a big ceremony. It's in secret, and so at that point that you you say you're an atheist, or you say you're a Christian, doesn't matter. You've lived your life. You get to this point. This is where you're at, and they bring you for this ceremony, and they're going to ask you a question. Um, who is it that you serve? Um, and you'll you'll say who it is, um, and they'll say, "Well, the truth is, we we serve our God Lucifer." And you've you've either appalled and you won't go along with it, or you say, "Okay, well, it doesn't matter what you say; they're going to lead you to believe that you've passed the test." So if you acknowledge, "Okay, I'll follow Lucifer," you can't get away from this Lucifer thing. It's everywhere in dedication and books. These people who who um, are, are the orchestrators of a lot of this. He just shows up all the time at Satan, Lucifer, whatever. So and isn't that why what we said before, we are in a spiritual battle. It's a yes. spirit. It's, it's a battle against Christianity. Ultimately. So yeah, I said it was religious. It's, it's actually gender related and it's ethnically based. And there's a specific group they're going after for a reason. You see the symbolism it, it's, literally it's, everywhere. And it's throughout history. It's the and same the thing. The more you find out about this stuff, you'll see it in like, pop culture, TV shows, all over Hollywood shows. stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Celebrities, yeah. musicians. Yeah. Yeah. So ultimately you find it just keeps going back to the Luciferian following, which is this angelic type group of entities that are very large in scope. It's nothing small. And in fact, Lucifer, I think we get fixated on that, but it's much bigger. He's just a player out of a much larger group. Again, I'll compartmentalize even at that level in different ways. Um, but it definitely is. It's it, the 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 prize is Earth, is what it is right now. The, hmm. the occupants want to recontrol it, and then new people have been promised it, and uh, 
and that's kind of how the what's going on here. And we can get more of that later. But but at that level, it seems interesting. That's what they'll do. So if you want to raise and rank after that, then you'll have to actually worship Lucifer directly. And if not, then you know you'll get find out. Well, they keep you. I don't. No, from what, so they don't tell you. They say, "Oh, you were correct. Okay, keep worshiping um, Muhammad or whatever." Right? Have you ever heard the stories of people that um, leave, like the secret societies? Not those reasons? levels. You don't. No, I heard about this. Generally, this, you don't. I saw this um, guy who got into. Uh, must have been the Freemasons. Um, he was in financial banking, and he got into really high levels. And he said he wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. Um. And then eventually, because they were asking him to sacrifice a child, it's going to go with it at those levels. Yeah. Um, and he wouldn't do it. Yeah. So eventually, he like lost track of time. They basically like somehow uh, injected him or like had control over his mind in some way to where he lost track of time completely. Hmm. Um, and then ended up in the hospital, and that's like when he came to. Right. Um, so I don't know, but you're saying that like they once you're out in, you're, it, you don't so get out. Apparently, at the high, at, so there was I watched uh, some YouTube video on a guy who found one of the handbooks and read it, and it tells you if you if you agree to, to this level, then if if you ever divulge any secrets, or whatever, it tells you in detail how we're going to rip your heart out while you're alive and all this other stuff. So I know this is interesting. Do you think that's true, or do you think it's just a fear they think tactic? it's true? Yeah, I think, yeah, it's, I think it's true. true. Let me give you a couple examples. <clears throat> Once you are in any organization, society, something as simple as. In, uh, let's say, a really hardcore outlaw biker gang. If you are an actual made member of an organized crime family, if you are a highly, uh, what's the word? If you're a higher up in a secret society, let's just say, for simplicity, a 33 degree Mason. All right. To get to the level where you are. Now, when I'm talking the mafia, when I'm talking outlaw biker gangs, okay, outlaw, these all have hierarchies. Mm-hmm. Right. They all have hierarchies, believe it or not. Well, look how many of them have Satan in their name. <laughs> okay. And also the color red and the color white. White, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about Hell's Angels. Right. That's okay. what comes to mind. Yeah. Knights Templar. Knights Templar, right. KKK. Yeah. The Nazis, red and white. Okay? So, once you become an upper echelon of any of these societies, and I'm just using, I'm not singling anybody out. I'm just using these as examples. Right. In order to get to that level, you need to know what's going on. You know what's going on. You know the inner secrets. You know where the bodies are buried. Mm -hmm. You know the skeletons in the closet. You know everything. Mm Mm-hmm. They cannot let you leave. Right. Because, number one, why do you want to leave? Haven't we taken care of you? Mm. Haven't we got you to where you are today? Right. Haven't we been loyal to you? Mm-hmm. Where is your loyalty? Right. So if you want to leave any of these societies, it's viewed as being disloyal, unthankful. What do you plan on doing? They cannot take a risk on you getting out. So, 
however they do it, you don't get out. When you go to a made man ceremony in the mafia, and I never have been to one of those, I'm, I, I just never have, but I can tell you, mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you've said too much, you <laughs> pledge. <laughs> What's so funny? Buggy's scared. That's okay. He'll be okay. Oh, no, I'm not. Scared. You pledge to be loyal to that family over your own family, your mm-hmm. own blood. You right. pledge your loyalty to them, and it's the same thing in the outlaw biker gangs. Right? Well, you hear about even the lower biker gangs that are actually uh, affiliated. Like, 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 there's a hierarchy in motorcycle gangs too. You have the big gangs. Uh, I'll give you a few: Hell's Angels, Outlaws, uh, Mongols, uh, Bandidos. Another Med- big one. Medford Group is that one around here? Whatever it is, something mm. we used to have in New Hampshire. I remember Medford something. Or something. Okay. Oh, Milford and Company. Milford and Company. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Milford and Company is an affiliate club of the hell's angels i know that for a fact okay uh again not singling anybody i'm just saying okay you you can't you can't leave mm. right <laughs> like 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 you pledge allegiance like like even to a, a motorcycle club right. like you pledge allegiance to the club like the club comes first mm. same so, thing in the mafia i call you at three o'clock in the morning I don't care if you're in bed with your old lady. I don't care if your kid is sick in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You need to be on 42nd Street at, you got 20 minutes to get here and so, come ready to rock. Well, the thing And with- that's how that works. So you know all this information. There's no way possible they can let you walk. Yeah. Right? And so like, um, this is just real quick. The celebrity thing too, like how celebrities become famous is that they have to basically become part of this Freemasonry. And lots of times I've heard that they have to to sacrifice somebody or someone personal in their There's life. definitely an element of selling your soul to the devil. Right. It has to that, be. And that's yep. how they kind of yep. join the club. And then that also brings me to like, well, you see a lot of celebrities just randomly die. Who's not to say they weren't taken out? Right. And right. what were you going to say, Sean? Um, so... Yeah, it shows up again, and I don't have to be convinced because I've had real-life experiences over and over and over with this, but you talked um, at one of the shows before about Sasquatch, and people are paralyzed in fear, and they call out Jesus' name, and the thing runs off. Well, the story about the person I know whose family is at the higher levels of this thing got out when you're never supposed to, and they told him, you're supernaturally protected by Jesus. You're under his umbrella. You ever walk out from under that, and you're dead. So there was a supernatural impartation somehow that allowed him to get out, and he knows he, he's not going to talk, but they were powerless to do what they wanted to do to him. So how do you... I take, don't know the details. How do you take on Jesus as your protector? I, I don't... I, well, well you, oh, that's easy. You, you yeah, that's, say, come that's in... A, that's the simple part. Right, right. I accept so what, you, it? what you did. You just... You just say to him, I accept what you did, the sacrifice you made. I want to be on your team. Um, wow. So you have to join. You're joining. His society. So what happens is. Essentially. This <laughs> war. These No, seriously. Essentially, yeah. These these supernatural beings that are fighting Could that this be, war. I'm sorry, Sean. Could that be through the baptism? Uh, through the baptism is uh, uh, signifies your rebirth. Yeah, so the Baptist, yeah. so you actually get physically... They, people argue this. Oh, you got to be dunked underwater, or you can be sprinkled water. Oh, no. You, you just say to him, listen, I accept the, the sacrifice you made on the cross, the blood sacrifice, um, and I want to engage in your army and your plan. What do you want? It's not my life anymore. It's yours. And that's it. That's salvation. That's, that's the whole thing. Now, things will start to change. They absolutely... And I lived that myself and saw how that happened. 
Um, and I could go story and story and story about things firsthand, and that's what solidified my belief in it because it proved to be real. But I, I knew evil existed before I understood how the whole God part of this thing. And I was telling you earlier, I'm driving down the road some 30 years ago and said, okay, I've looked into it. So this tragedy in my family, someone died and started looking at where did they go, wasn't brought up in church. And I'm like, okay, God, I'll do this thing becoming a Christian. And it was like a switch flipped in my life and things started going bad. I got to my house. By accepting Christianity. Yeah, accepting it. And that was that was verification. It was real, but I was under the impression that the bad stuff that started happening to me, literally. Because I got, the demons didn't want you to do that. Yeah, and then they 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 misrepresent it. They lead you to believe, and this was through the church. So I go home. And I can't start a fire in the fireplace. I've got a t- blowtorch. It just won't light. It doesn't make any sense. I look on the stove. There's a pot of water. It's boiling, but the, the bird is not even on. So right away, there's something going on. And I'm like, what? You've had some freaky things happen yeah. over the years. And I went to the church. And I mean, dude, you're not making it up. No, no, you've been there. I've yeah. come to you with stuff. And yeah. as I came throughout over time, 30 years ago, and then 10 years ago, I go to the church, and they're like, well kind of give me, you know, you you're, you come from evil or something. And, and I'm like, well, wait a minute. I'm, I'm trying to come out of my situation. There were absolutely no help. They hindered me for a long time. I don't believe that being a good Christian requires you to go to church. No, no, the contrary. I don't think the church is supposed to exist. I think we went that a little last time. And so eventually, after, after a number of years, I got out of it entirely. And then, and I sympathize with people. I tell you that when it came to reading the Bible, it was one of the important things I did. It changed everything, but it was almost 20 years later because I wouldn't read it. It, I was like, something in me was offended by it, honestly. I played it in the background, and I turned it off. It was, we have this warring, maybe. this warring within us, the flesh it talks about, that's real. And then once I b- got through that, and it's never been looking back, and it's been the blueprint and something I can stand on. If we can't, see, the thing with Lucifer is you can't trust him. He's called the trickster and the jokester, and he may support you one day and not the next and all that. When you, you come and become part of God's army, you can come to trust him. He's not going to waver. Um, and sometimes you may not understand what's going on, but if you stay faithful, he'll see you through it for what, certain. Sometimes what, supernaturally. What if you don't want to be? What if you don't want to be on either side? You make a decision by not make, by making a decision like that. You make a decision. You'll no, default. What to if one. I don't want to be part of Lucifer or God's thing? I don't think you I, could be neutral in this war. You default to one side. You're fine. You want to be part? You want to be Switzerland? Is that what you want? No, <laughs> I, I don't want to partake in it. Well, then don't. All. Then don't. Don't just watch that. Just just. See what happens, yeah. And then, yeah. Well, so what's going to happen? No, I know people. No, listen, don't, don't feel no, listen, bad. Listen, no, for, for disclosure, like, I'm not a super religious person. Yeah. I have studied a lot about it, though. Sean will tell you that. I've yeah. studied a lot of religions just because it interests me. But I could tell you right now, there is something to it. Like if you don't, you and I don't think you got to pick a side. You don't got to pick a side. If you want, if you want to go to the Satan side, the Luciferian side, you'll probably do very well in your life. But what is going to happen later down the road when this war comes to fruition and it all comes down? What side do you want to land on? I guess that's my question. Hmm. Remember I said before? You just need to be a moral person. And that, Buckley, you're a moral person. I know yeah. that. So. You're not. Yeah. You're, it's well, going to work its way. This whole, I'm sorry. This whole oh, idea ahead, of like, it's either Lucifer or God. You're either one or the other. To me... Like joining God's side sounds similar, or God's army sounds similar to me, like joining a secret society or joining any other organization. So, and I typically like to not uh, be a part of 
groups that have a larger intent, I guess, if that makes sense. No, I know what I understand completely what you're saying. And, and you actually have a point there. So, uh, if you're a person that doesn't like to be told what to do, like myself, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah. So, so if you, you know, go to church and want to live by their canon or whatever, then, then that's something that you can do. I don't think you have to do that. I think you just have to be a moral person, but I will not ever pray to Satan or Lucifer or Baphomet or Baal or any of that bullshit mm-hmm. just will not happen. I just know that there's something to it. There is mm-hmm. something to it. Okay, oh, we got to we got to yeah. wrap this up. We're hitting a two hour mark. Two hours, yeah. really? Get it moving. Yeah. Wow. So a uh, couple of things tonight. Just to recap, we went a little bit, introduced you to the black nobility, what we and tried to demonstrate to you how the tentacles in all the arms and fingers of the black nobility stretch out across the globe to control you next week we're going to fast forward about 600 years and we're going to talk about the roots of rockefeller it's going to be a really interesting episode and we're going to and we're going to show you how it ties into the black nobility because it definitely does a couple of things you know now that we're wrapping up the episode uh just a shout out we got quite a few emails from the last episode the club of rome episode was a big hit People seem to seem to resonate with people, uh, and and I think they kind of took that as a preview for kind of like a, what we're going to be giving them going forward. What we're going to do is we're going to we're, we're using the black nobility as a jumping off point, and then we're going to take you down literally a hundred different rabbit holes, <laughs> and it's going to be very interesting and i hope you enjoy it uh not to say that we're not going to do episodes on other subjects because we are uh buckley and i have got one that we're working on that's really cool which brings in simulation theory which everybody knows is a big topic for buckley and i uh in in the whole thing uh, because even in this black nobility in this uh global control system there is talk that we are living in a in a simulation. Buckley and I have got a nice little mini series. We're going to give you on that. So uh, a little shout out to uh, the people that emailed us. You know who you are. Thank you. Uh, we appreciate the kind words and uh, and the information. Actually, somebody forwarded us a ton of information. I want to thank him for that. That is something that interests us. We are going to look into that because it does pertain. To, to the uh, the Black Nobility Global Control Series that we're working on right now. So thank you. Keep those emails coming. Email us for now at thewickedplanetpodcast at gmail.com. DM me on Instagram at Ron from New England. DM me on Instagram at the Wicked Planet Podcast. Be looking forward to more. Buckley, any closing thoughts? Uh, who's We're not sharing the guy's name who emailed us, right? Uh, I don't think we need to. No, okay. Well, that guy. You called Ron our supreme leader. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> I just wanted to address you, not in a mean way. Or I'm not going to, like, <laughs> say, any, you know, berate you or anything like that. Um, he oh. called me the supreme leader, the long COVID guy. Yeah. So, essentially, you had a lot in the uh, email directed at me. Um, and it was kind of about what I brought up in the last episode about um, the whole scripture side of things and that how I'm not a believer, and but eventually I will be a believer. Um, first of all, hand, first and foremost, if you tell me to do something or that I will be doing it, 
I'm going to want to, just automatically, I'm going to want to do the exact opposite. And I'm going to want to go the exact opposite narrative of what you're pushing for. Just because that's how I am. Um, Oppositionally defiant, I think that's what they call it. <laughs> yeah, and this and, and that's Buckley. That's just how you are. Um, that's why that's why it works good on the show. <laughs> but not to say, not to say that I'm not necessarily not a believer. It just um, I don't tend to like to align my op- uh, opinions and views in any specific region and die on that hill. I re- I very much like to learn about all sorts of stuff and uh, everybody's opinions, and I think. All this stuff we're talking about, there's a lot I agree with, um, and it's very interesting. Um, but that doesn't mean that because you want me to believe in something specific that I'm going to, I guess. And that's about it. Yeah, and just so everybody knows, when you send me an email to the Wicked Planet podcast, I do share them with Buckley. Right. Buckley's part of the show, and he has a right to see all those, so I do send those to him. Right, and it's uh, nothing but, against... But listen, but listen, it's good... Con- it's yeah, it's, well, it's that's constructive. What I to say. It's, it's constructive. It's all good. I'm not, att- I'm not attacking this person for yeah, sending me yeah. this email at all. I actually really appreciate that they sent it, because we love getting the feedback. I just kind of wanted to let... You know how I felt about it and where I'm coming from, and but so keep emailing us for sure. And Buckley is a really good skeptic, and that's why I like him on the show. Uh, Sean, you got anything that you would like to close on? And then I have some closing things I want to share with everybody. Um, just that I think what you're um, putting together here is going to be really beneficial. Um, I did see you steer it here today in a specific way, and that was good because it kept us focus not revealing too much at this point okay so when we get into discussions we run off on tangents yeah i want to make sure that we do not do that it's okay when we do it in our meetings because there's so much information floating around in your head yeah it's in it's insane i understand that because we've been friends for 35 or 40 years actually over 40 years it is right so so totally cool (laughs) with me but buckley just looks at you like (laughs) <laughs> i see that dude, a man. little like, blank <laughs> stare but that's okay you know it's, it, it's i ask it's, a lot it's of questions good. so <laughs> i kind of wanted to drive the narrative tonight i hope you guys don't mind uh but i wanted to stay kind of focused on the black nobility and its first tentacles which go out to the vatican into the templars yeah awesome yep. yeah and, and we'll and we'll work it we're gonna work it back and forward and sideways Oh, the connections from is, here because it's it's mind it's amazing it, it is it's mind i mean blowing. i know a lot i've been through a lot i've seen a lot i've read a lot and this shit blows my mind I, i've never so i've listened to programs solid for long i've never heard anything where they put all this together the way we're gonna do it i've heard nothing like yeah. this it's something so. new and something fresh and i hope the I listeners think it like is. it yeah, sean it is. what were your last words did you have any that's it thank you right. thanks for coming on again uh, yeah okay yeah thanks sean uh, i've been hijacking sean pretty regular lately <laughs> Uh, listen, little personal note uh, for me, and uh, we talked about it last week a little bit. Everybody knows that my youngest brother was uh, very, very sick, uh, was in hospice care, and uh, I went up on Sunday to visit with him. Uh, it's a couple hour drive from here and uh, brought his daughter up. I think I've made it clear in previous episodes that uh, my youngest brother's daughter, actually, I am my me and my wife are her guardian. We have been raising her now for going on two years. Uh, took her up to visit with her dad. She was a little reluctant about it. She's a little estranged from her dad, but I talked her into it, and I'm really glad I did because 
I feel in my heart that my brother was holding on to see his daughter. And he loves his daughter very much. It's just his demons didn't, he couldn't overpower his demons to bring his life to where it needed to be. And unfortunately, accumulation of how he treated himself for many years. Hmm. Uh, again, I'm going to bring it up. He was fully vaccinated, came down with COVID, had severe heart enlargement and coughing up blood clots. A lot of these things that ultimately I think was the final knife uh, that did him in because he never really ever recovered from that. His heart was weak to begin with. He's had heart issues for many years, uh, elected to continue his lifestyle choices that he made. I'm not going to say right or wrong. Well, well, I am. It's wrong. He's still my brother, no matter how you slice it. Him and I had a very tumultuous relationship forever, but I was always there for him. So remember that if you have a family member that gives you a hard time, causes a lot of grief for you, puts you in bad situations, costs you a lot of money, and in this case, tens of thousands of dollars, you have to remember it's still your blood. It's still your family. You need to overcome whatever whatever negativity and bullshit you have to deal with and you have to come to the realization that that is your family and family is very important to me and family isn't always blood either family is not always blood but but what i'm talking about is my brother and i did not see eye to eye forever but he was still my brother right but long story short i think he was holding on to see his daughter uh, he loves his daughter very much. We saw him on Sunday afternoon. We spent quite a few hours. I actually used the excuse that I had to use the restroom so that he could have some alone time with his daughter so we didn't think I was hovering or whatever. And I don't really think that he thought that because uh, many years ago, he asked me, he said, when he knew he was at the height of his addiction, he asked me, you got to promise me if anything ever happens to me, you've got to take care of my daughter. I promised him that I would. Obviously, as the patriarch of our family, I'm going to make sure that that happens. Right. Uh, and, and me and my wife, uh, my wife stepped up big time. She did not sign up for this when we got together. But my wife is a family person, too, and it's important to her uh, and me to provide her with a good home. And, and that's what we're doing. And I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. Yeah. Uh one of my brother's best friends from childhood, his name is Brent. He's from a very big family from our town. Our families have been very close for, for many years. Uh, has been my brother's best friend since childhood. Actually, uh, you know, kind of drifted away. They kind of drifted apart from each other because of the lifestyle that my brother led. Uh, he he really stepped up to the plate uh, for us. And he, uh, he arrived just as we were leaving. On Sunday afternoon, he was able... Well, he had made multiple trips up there to see my brother when he was in hospice and uh, spent some time with him. And he texted me and he said, well, Ronnie, he listened. He says, John's gone to sleep and uh, I'm just going to hang out with him. I'm here for the duration. And he stayed there the whole time because after we had left, after my brother got to visit with his daughter, he fell asleep and he never woke up. He fell asleep Sunday afternoon and at 7.30 last night, my brother did eventually pass away. So rest in peace, little brother. I hope that you've dealt with your demons. I hope you're in a better place. I know you're out of pain. And don't worry about your daughter. I'm going to make sure that she is very, 
very well taken care of. Just a little personal note. I don't like to share a lot of personal stuff about my family, but that one was important. Well, thanks for sharing, and I'm sorry to hear about your brother. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, sure. you, know, you guys have been up on what's going yeah. on. But well, I, you know, obviously, we're here I'm, for not, you. I'm not a big go online and share all this shit. I'm right, kind right. of private that way. But I know the listeners, uh, I've, I've actually got some DMs from uh, random listeners, uh, you know, asking me how my brother's doing. Mm. So that's how he's doing. Uh, so anyways... Thank you for listening, everybody. We hope you enjoyed the episode. Next week, we're going to touch on the roots of the Rockefellers. I think you're going to be super interested in that and how it all ties in to the cabal, the cult, the black nobility, and the new world order. So until then, have a good week. We'll talk to you next week. Ron from New England, signing off. Buckley. Out! <laughs>